What's going on, good people? I hope that you still love us and appreciate us after we talk about one of your favorite shows in black culture. But nevertheless, if you don't, we still love you. My name is Josh Rogers. And I am Brian here. And this is your favorite group of Casa Negros and from your favorite friendly neighborhood. And we're talking about all the things concerning life all and things. how we figure out this crazy puzzle piece. But in particular, we talk about the praises, the perils, the productivity, and the pump of circumstance of being black millennials trying to figure this thing out. Brian. Yes. How are you, sir? Man, it's a great day to be black, man. Always. Oh, yes, it is. It is. Oh, yes, it is. We're in the land, in the of, land of the living. Yeah. It could have been me. Ooh, outdoors. Mm, no food. No clothes. <laughs> it's okay. We, we're gonna tap, it's gospel music episode. We might tap yeah. in, but. Uh-huh. We're left alone. Oh, You're you going to leave friend. me there without a friend. Sorry, without a friend. Uh, just another number with a tragic end. But he didn't see fit. Some of these things, none of these things, a few of these be. things, Bishop Walker, Walter Hawker said, none of these things, be. not a one of these things, because every day by your power, you keep, keep on. on keeping me. And I just want to say thank, thank you, Lord, you, Lord, for all, for all you've done, you've done for me. Yeah. Folks without homes. I'm not gonna do that. How was your weekend, bro? Oh, Out in the street. <laughs> the drug happened. Something. Something. <laughs> you just can't be muggers and robbers. No place seems to be safe. But you, what protection. happened? That's your blood. Every step mm. of the way. And I want to say, thank you, Lord, mm. for all you've done for me. All you've done for me. <laughs> What did uh, Dorinda say? When I look back over my life, mm-hmm. and I think when I look back over my life, and I think of all the things that's the God's done for me. <laughs> all right, brother, how was your weekend? Because you, because you're another, you're another year older officially now, <clears throat> so you got I something am. to be thankful for. I, I'm, I'm, thank, I'm thankful for the blood. Somebody did, somebody didn't see thirty eight. <laughs> Hello, somebody didn't see it, but thank God I did. Yes, you did. Millions didn't make it. But you was one of the ones, one of the who, ones did. who did. That's right. It's better to be yeah. seen and not viewed. My oh, God. <laughs> my, my stars. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, birthday weekend. Great time. Uh, super low key. Um, yeah. Saturday, we did some um, Saturday. Me and Brooke spent most of the day together. Lauren had some like AKA stuff to do. So me and Brooke mm-hmm. uh, gymnastics. And then we went to go see this new Spider-Man movie. Amazing. Did you, you like it? Oh, yeah. It was great. Brooke okay. loved it. Okay. Uh, so we had a great, great, great time doing that. Bought her a big old jug of popcorn. Uh, had snacks. Did all the things. Oh, you um, spent the million dollars at the movies because that popcorn is ninety nine ninety five. I think, nigga. I think between the drink, the popcorn, <laughs> the drink, the popcorn, and the snacks, it might have been like thirty eight dollars. It was a lot. Yeah. It was just, it's it's um, like, and you'd be hungry. Yeah. Even that joint. Yeah. It's, yes. Movie is expensive. Um, and so tick, so tickets, tickets, and all the food and all that kind of stuff, probably about a hundred bucks. Like not no, mm-hmm. maybe like seventy five dollars. But it was yeah, yeah, know, it was a great yeah. time. We got a chance to spend some time together. Uh, and then after that, what do we do? We went to the park, spend time at the mm-hmm. park, and then 
She got home. And Let's go to the park. That's a good one. <laughs> doom, doom, mm-hmm. doom. I want to kiss you underneath the stars. That's a good song. Um, and then Sunday, went to the house of the Lord, and the Lord moved in ah. a mighty way. Mm. Yeah, he moved. Uh, and then My after God. that, went to go to dinner with some close friends. Mm. Yourself. And your yes, family. Yes, that was there. And I saw he met a guy had a suit for his birthday, y'all. Just you know, <laughs> listen. He wore he wore a suit to church. She gave God his best I wore, clothes. <laughs> I did. I wore a, a, a suit. I rarely wear suits to church these days. Mm-hmm. I definitely wore a suit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we come and, walking in with some jeans and sneakers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Coming straight from church. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll right be there. Though. I'll be in jeans and sneakers probably next Sunday. So I'll be back. All right. Well, I'm, I, I ain't gonna put on no suit for Father's Day. But I'm gonna I'm put on a little. I'm gonna put on a little clothes for Father's Day. Do a little something for Father's Day. I'm gonna do a little something. Yeah, a little chino, but down action. Mm-hmm. A little something for Father's Day. It's Father's Day. Like, you know, just throw something <laughs> on. You can walk in the closet, and come out with something. I wanted to go see my see my dad for Father's Day, um, but I would have would have literally just come back from out of town. So um, I'm gonna chill. Come back out of town recently. I did. I was in the Los Angeles, the city of angels. Mm. Let me tell you something. I got a lot of good work done, but okay. I also had a time. I had a time. Mm-hmm. I had a time. I'm gonna talk about my time I had in pockets of joy because that was okay. that trip was literally. I like I accomplished a lot work wise, but this particular trip, um, because one of the brands I write for, Afrotech, was formerly uh-huh. based in LA. Quite a few people live out there, um, and then you know. Friend of the podcast, Randy, friend of the podcast, Real Life Royal Johnson. They all live out there. So I was able to mm-hmm. connect to them in person. So I was also intentional about um, connecting and kind of um, having fun, so to speak, and kind of enjoying and like seeing LA. I know, Brian, you can mm-hmm. resonate a lot of times when you do work trips. Like you'd be so busy with the conference and stuff like that that you don't have a lot of time to enjoy the city outside oh, yeah. of maybe a restaurant or two. But I was right. able to really enjoy the city. And because I lived in, I was staying in Long Beach. I got to really see the city on that forty-two minute ride to LA every every time <laughs> every time I went over there. Um, but the good thing about it, I was always driving in like off times, so it was uh-huh. a, a legit. When my GPS said thirty-eight to forty minutes, that's all it took. Uh-huh. Um, oh, versus okay. some people's like, oh, it's gonna take me an hour and a half because they be leaving at like you know rush hour or whatever. Um, but yeah, man, LA was a great time. This is one of the times where I wish lowest the keys. It was like a guy trip or some friends. Cause I really right. enjoyed myself. Um, oh, I'm sure. I ain't gonna get into. I ain't gonna really get into no details. I want to say that because that, like, I'm gonna tell you this. My Friday night was a true pocket of joy, and I'll talk okay. about that. <laughs> I'll yes. talk about that in that segment. In that segment, um, I think we need. I think yeah, people man. need to hear about the the pockets of joy. Um, oh, I know you had a great time. Yeah, I was. I was at an I industry event, time. and boy, was it industry. <laughs> It was good. It was good. <laughs> industry in a good way, not like the industry where people oh, yeah, just be saying no, no, stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, I ain't had to sign no NDAs yeah. or nothing like that. It wasn't that crazy, y'all. But it was. <laughs> it was a. It was a. Uh, it was a good event. It was a good event. Um, black ask moment. Uh, do I have one this week? I, I do not have one this week. I do not. All have right. One well, week. song of the week. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's do it. So we're talking about gospel music. We are talking about gospel music in the billboard. So there were so many options. Okay. There were so many options. The Lord has been kind to Uh, quite a few artists and stuff. So he got a song. It's it's Psalms of Praise everywhere. Psalms of Praise everywhere. All right. Song of the Week. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to go gospel. All right. But it's not going to be a traditional gospel artist. It is a gospel artist, but not really gospel. You just, threw, you just threw me off already. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're gonna, you're gonna enjoy it though. You're gonna enjoy gonna it. Because I love Coco Clemens, but don't you play none off that album? Don't you play nothing off that Coco Clemens uh, no. album? Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm gonna uh, play a good gospel number. Okay. Woo. I'll be happy. <laughs> Praising my favorite. When I get inside the gate. <laughs> Then he's going to say, just before heaven throws cold. That's that second verse. My God. <laughs> Is it? Oh, y'all know I love this giving her a pass. <laughs> it goes, he goes to party. Just before heaven doors close. Come on, children, let's go in. Let's go know, in. I know these songs. I know. <laughs> I would get up and dance, but you know. They don't make them like Come that on, no children. More. Let's go in. Just before him. That was. Bishop Patterson knew someone's going to barely make it in. So just before them doors close, hurry up. <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> scarcely make it in. Yeah, listen, if the right is scarcely make it in, where shall the center man appear? That's the word. That's the book. That's the book. <laughs> that is the book. That Ooh, is the see, book. Them, them lyrics be making sense when you when you put two and two together. Just before him, yeah. the doors close. God, yeah, it's, I got it's, folk I need to see up there. Reverend. Yeah, just before oh. heaven's doors close, mm-hmm. and it was, no it was like crazy that. thing. Was, listen, uh, I want to do something different because you know I, I miss the man mm-hmm. of God. I really do miss the man oh, of God. I remember I do, when I that was the song that they played at the the national homegoing service when mm-hmm. they like were shutting everything down, like starting to like move out. They mm-hmm. showed like a video of him, and that song was playing in the background. Man, listen. Not a dry eye in the house. Nah, my, like, not my, a dry my, eye in the house. My, 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 Because we knew where he was at. Uh, he was inside. Ain't no doubt about it. If anybody was saved, I know G. Patterson was saved. If anybody was saved, Gilbert Earl Patterson was saved. He loved the Lord. Uh, so that, that is. I do know. That's when I get inside by uh, G. E. Patterson. That's Gilbert Earl Patterson. What's this? Do you know it's P.O. Box still? P.O. Box one. <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> With a 38101? Something like that. Go give me oh. the line. It's 38 something because all them all those zip codes is 38 something. Right. Song of the Week right. When I Get Inside by Bishop G.E. Patterson. We're, it's gospel music week, so. Yeah, you know, I don't think and the Temple no of Deliverance Mass Choir. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Let's not forget them in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Temple of Deliverance, the Cathedral of Bountiful Blessings. Mm. If you want, to, if you want to get real official, <laughs> my God! All right, all the things. So, what a church name! You know, Bishop Patterson had a bust of himself in that church. <laughs> yeah, oh, in I the four years. Yes. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Wonderful. I can't. I'm gonna get a bust. <laughs> when I get my, I get my forever home. I'm gonna have a bust of me right there in the hall in the open y'all. <laughs> 
<laughs> make sure you have the long hair. Oh, oh, yeah. Make sure you have the long hair. Oh, yes. It's going to be like, Jesus had dreads, so shake him. <laughs> That's what E40 said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting at the dinner table yesterday, and we can move on. I said, look mm-hmm. at all this black hair. Like, every one oh, of yeah. us had just texture. Everybody had either a curl or a protective style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, said, look at, I said, look at this blackness. <laughs> look at black. this blackness. Black. Asher had the uh, box braids. Lauren had a twist mm-hmm. out. Me, you, and my boys all had curls. Um, Brooklyn had a, uh, her, uh, mm-hmm. her plaits, her black girl plaits. It was just. It was something. It was, it was a thing, man. I love yeah. it. Every bit. Yeah, it was black. It was black. Black and beautiful. Sitting we was we was elevated too at the jail. Yeah, yeah. They put us in the elevator we right in the front, right in the front. Where Reparations we even. Look, Lord, where we lift us up where we belong. Where the eagles fly at a mountain high. Let's move on, Brian. Move on. All right, you ready to head <laughs> on to the um, the blessed reports about some black excellence? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right, we're here at the Blessed Report. We shout out black folks doing great black things. As you know, we shout out black people. We don't just celebrate and patronize black people doing Black History Month. We do it all year yeah. round, right? 24-7, 365. We're black as black as going to be. Josh, what would mm-hmm. happen if you woke up and you weren't black anymore? Oh, I'd cry. Like oh, real yeah. weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, I- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week for uh, um, this week for the Blessed Report, uh, yes. the rounds, skin tone, crayons, right? All of us, right? Let me pick it up right here. Give me one second. Right, so it's uh, skin tone crayons. Right? Mm. It's called All of Us Crayons. All of Us Crayons Natural. Okay. Uh, so one day, Sabine Joseph's daughter asked her to draw a picture of her grandmother. Unable to find a crayon that matched her beautiful brown skin, she searched the internet for beeswax tone crayons and came up empty. What she did find, however, was a recipe to create her own. So today, mm. her company creates handcrafted crayons made with earth-derived natural pigments. Making sure every one of our children understands that they are perfect just as they are is what I have been put on this earth to do. Joseph says, I hope these crayons can plant seeds of kindness, acceptance, and unity, and most of all, friendships, even if the friendships are just on a piece of paper. So this is all of us crayons. It is basically skin tone crayons uh, to where it is uh, like, for instance, like my daughter, she wants to, she gives everybody colors and stuff like that. So mommy's tan, daddy are brown. She wants to be able to have crayons like that. So uh, bless up to them. You can get them on Amazon right now. All of us crowns, natural beeswax, skin, skin tones. Uh, and that is the blessing report. Looking nice. at right. the, did anyone go to glory? I don't think nobody died this week, Reverend. Oh, praise the Lord. So that means God stayed the hand of death. Did it again. He did, he it, did again. it again. All right, well, let's bunny hop on over to the real boy. This week in the real boy, we're talking about um, Tiny Desk, National Public Radio, or what y'all probably mm-hmm. know it as, is NPR. Uh, Tiny uh-huh. Desk con- concert series continues. Now, we talked about how we began with um, Charlie Wilson of the Gap Band. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the best thing about that was his testimony. And that's because <laughs> the scripture is true. 
You overcame the devil, how, Brian? How did you overcome the, the blood, devil? By the blood of the lamb and by the and words of our testimony. And he gave that. He said he went from rags to riches to rags to riches, <laughs> smoking crack cocaine on the park bench. <laughs> but look at him now. His name is Charlie, last name Wilson. He was wondering if he could take somebody mm. out, right? That's the he, he came back with that song. and um, He did. But that was about as good as that tiny desk got. Because even that, the little praise break thing he tried to do, Whew, it was. I mean, and we and we like Uncle Charlie around here. Uh, I'm. I yes, Uncle Charlie. Everybody is my takes an L, and my God was that his. It was an L for sure. But <laughs> it was not good. Just like Jesus, <clears throat> redemption came, mm. and they got Kenneth Babyface Edmonds to come <laughs> sit at that desk. And not <laughs> only did the man of God come prepared, he came with background, not just regular background singers. He came with uh-uh. an A-list set. A background singer. I mean, <laughs> performers themselves were his background yes. singers. In Avery Wilson, Shante uh. got a man more, and Tank, <laughs> no last name. That was his background, and they sang, and that Avery Wilson sang, "Can We Talk?" That and nigga sings. almost almost put Tammy Campbell out of business. He he sang it, sang it down. I'm gonna say almost right <laughs> because. And and and, and Tevin Campbell's prime. That's his song. That's his song. It is his song. It's, it's mm-hmm. his song. Today and the today of Tevin Campbell. We don't want to hear that. That's like hearing Frankie Beverly still sing before I let go. Because I mean, I've heard him, <laughs> and he's let go, and because that that throat is it's gone. gone. But um, Babyface came and did his songs, Whip Appeal, and all that. Then he did some of the songs that he wrote, and it was only a thirty minute show. 30 minutes, bro. It, he easily could have sat there for three, four hours, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just gave he us music and music, a lot and, of music songs. and music and music. Yeah. Babyface, if I haven't said it before, when it comes to this songwriting thing, in my opinion, Babyface is the goat. It really don't oh, yeah. get, in terms of like diversity of music, the range of like eras. and like, so, I mean, you got Smokey who like killed it during the Motown era. But kind of after oh, yeah. Motown, Smokey's pen fizzled a little. Um, yeah, 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 and you got some others who wrote their own stuff, like Stevie and some other folk, you know, who wrote their own music. Mm-hmm. But like consistent, like bop after bop, you know, style after style. That dude wrote my prerogative, which was so different than sitting up in my room. Like you know, so like it's just the range yeah. of his, of his. It's just it's crazy. He did he did <clears throat> rock steady by the whispers. He put the he put the whispers <laughs> out of like out of like old man, you know, yeah, uh, singing group. No, so the, he made them like relevant. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, again, <sighs> like, yes, yes. Both writing for Mariah, writing for Beyonce. Um, just I Madonna. mean, just, Madonna. I mean, bro, it wasn't even black. It wasn't even just the colors. It's everybody. Yeah. And then himself. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like some of his writing and producing is better than his music, but he still has a couple of hits of his own that are just yeah. straight up bangers. Whip appeal is my absolute. Oh favorite. yeah. It is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> when, can, when can I see you again? Like, when can like, I it's see just, you again? Uh-huh. I can. We can name Dude, like your your don't favorite get into artist. The entire soundtrack. The entire soundtrack. Whole soundtrack. <laughs> Whole soundtrack. He wrote it. Right. Like we can go through your favorite artist, your artist, your favorite artist, and Babyface probably wrote a song for them. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's and, and sure. it's one and it's one of their hits. Yes. It's one of their hits. Yes. It's one of their hits, bro, and it's just it, not gonna cry. Said I'm not gonna cry. Mary J. Not gonna shed a tear. Not Think about all the Tony Braxton shoot. songs you wrote, bro. Her entire solo album, "Breathe Again." 
Boy, I'm on boys to Men. Like Tony Braxton, Drew Hill, Drew Hill. Like you can't like. Can we talk? We were just talking about like that, like the the '90s theme song. Is it? It's just baby face. Yes, it is. Like let's let's man. Like so, yeah. He's the goat in my opinion. Oh yeah, because he's he. This is why I feel he's a goat. He's a singer. I mean, he has his own mm-hmm. career, and his own career was yep. was great. Um, producing, amazing, yep. and his pen, amazing. Like so, what? Th- mm-hmm. There's no person out there, you know. And he's a oh, and he's a, Brian. Let's add, he's an instrumentalist. Oh, he's a, yeah, he's a musician. Guitar, like, like yeah, <laughs> everything. He can play all that yep. stuff. So he yep. is. He is the goat, and and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go. Like when Prince wrote songs, it kind of sound like a Prince song. Like you're like, oh, Prince wrote oh, yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. you kind of know Babyface, but you also don't know Babyface. It like it, mm-hmm. it sounds like they they don't. He has all the sound ability the to be like yeah, he has the ability to like merge into different you know styles and stuff like that. It, and yeah. write for an artist, and then it becomes that artist's mm-hmm. uh, uh, music. So yeah, even when we talk about like you know. We'll go to the gospel side. I'm always bring. I'm always bring my boy Kirk. Like I know mm-hmm. Kirk's pen. Like oh yeah, I could tell he wrote. He writes all the Tamla Man stuff. It sounds mm-hmm. just like him. Like, oh yeah. When he, when he produced the Walls Group stuff, that that Kirk formula was on it. You know what I'm saying? So oh, it's yeah. just yeah. But like you said, to Babyface's point though, you can kind of you can hear it, but at the same time, you wouldn't because again, my prerogative. Breathe again. Can we talk? Rock steady. Mm-hmm. Like all of them up. Four different, like four different, different songs. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like, and then I, yeah. when I was looking up yeah. Babyface, like one of them, like real freaky, raunchy interludes by Bobby Brown. He wrote that too, so he had like he even really? had the ability to like, yeah, tap into his bag. Like he wrote a lot of that first album for Bobby. Mm. Like, so it wasn't it wasn't just like the ability to change styles; it was the ability to adapt lyrics too. Like he knew what Bobby yeah. was about, and was like. Mm-hmm. You want to talk nasty? I can talk nasty. <laughs> Let's do it. But you know, but that's a good songwriter. You know what I'm saying? And even though that yeah. wasn't his style, because his music was nowhere near that stuff. But you know, he was able mm. to able to do it. And you know, anyway, baby face. Um, but we got more coming for the rest of the month, and mm-hmm. we got Tank. Now I don't know why they used this um this Cash Money Records uh, background that they got for Tank. <laughs> But they did, that? and I'm not. I don't know why they did that. I felt like that was a did black person do that. I don't know who approved. I, I, I don't know right. who approved that. That felt real yeah. white to me. It I did. Don't know that we would have done did. that because nothing even about Tank takes us to that Cash Money. You know, No Limit Soldier kind of. You know that era when them when them rap covers look like that. Nothing about yeah. Tank takes us there. So I'm not really sure. No. But anyway. Adam Blackstone is going to be next mm-hmm. uh, after Tank. And, you know, for those who are not familiar with Adam Blackstone, he is a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, producer, and bassist. Um, he's the musical director for Nicki Minaj and Justin Timberlake. We don't really care about Justin This is nigga music appreciation. <laughs> so him and his cornrows can stay right there in the hills of Tennessee. You know, you know, Justin loves to appropriate nigga music. Justin loves the blacks, but when he was that man in the woods, we saw the real Justin. <laughs> and he let us, we let you, we, he let us know right then that it was Timberland and Pharrell. It was behind Listen. all the magic because he could not do it <laughs> on his own. All right, standing thing with music, Tupac Shakur, the man from the Northeast, 
who came down and adopted all the culture of the West Coast, <laughs> Mr. Tupac. Uh, I never seen that's you know that's quite the opposite of Brian. Tupac journeyed to the West and adopted it. Brian journeyed to the Southeast and adopted Northeastern culture. It's just so interesting because <laughs> Brian is the most Cali New York rap music loving nigga I've ever met in my life. And that's just, you know, it's, it's so interesting. But anyway, uh, Tupac, whether you believe he's alive or not, Machiavelli himself has a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He probably was there in mm-hmm. costume. I'm sure yeah. he was there watching because a lot of people don't believe that Tupac is dead. They yet There are yet conspiracies out there that the right. man of God is walking across this here earth, him and Elvis. Right. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> his sister, um, Sakia Set Shakur, that, that, that. Black name. Ooh, heavy black. I mean, <laughs> butterbean black. You hear me? Uh, was presented to accept the honor on behalf of her brother. Um, during a speech, she said Tupac knew deep down that he was always meant for something great. And as his little sister had the privilege to watch the greatness unfold, she continued to say, today we're not just honoring a star on the ground, but we're honoring the work and the passion that he has put in to make his dreams come true. His heavenly star, ooh, his heavenly star will shine a little mm. brighter today. And once again, um, he has made us extremely proud. Brian, any thoughts? I know, I know you're a big fan of Cali- of you know California yeah, loves uh, Tupac school. It's just interesting that like it was 2023 and he's just getting a, a star. That's just interesting I mean, to me. Does Biggie have one? Not to compare, him, but like, did he have? Did he have? No, I, but I, I don't know. Let's see. Biggie Smalls Walk of Fame rappers. This is Billboard has With more stars. Yeah, Missy. He ain't on. I don't think he on them. Pharrell, Tupac, Queen La, Diddy, Pharrell, Cool J, Pit Pitbull, Ice Cube. How you doing? Snoop Dogg, Cypress Hill, Fifty Cent, Missy Elliott, Ice T, Ludacris. That's it. Oh, I guess you don't have one. Guess he don't have one. Well, I think Brown. We've also said though. Wow, at least for me, Biggie was the bigger rapper. But I think Tupac had the bigger cultural influence. Oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe that. Maybe that's why. Maybe that is why. All right. Um, lastly, on the billboard here, sticking with music, Lil Wayne versus Lil Wayne. Um, doing a recent interview with Rolling Stone, <laughs> Lil Wayne shared who he believes will be a worthy contender for the live stream concert battle that we so desperately do not need to ever happen again. But At nevertheless, all. he said, I was interested in mixtape Weezy going against Lil Wayne. That would have been crazy. The journalist responded, so you'd be on stage by yourself. Yeah, what artists you think, Wayne shot back? There ain't no other artist that can stand on stage next to me, bro. I'm sorry. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hard to Brian... <laughs> Yeah, I disagree with that statement. Um, I get, it, I get it. It would be dope, like, cause you know, mixtape Weezy is different than Lil Wayne because you got to you know, clear samples and all that kind of stuff and, uh, and all no the things. Was a, ooh, no ceilings was a body of work. Ooh, was a body. Yeah. Of work. <laughs> so you got to consider like all those mixtapes he brought out where he couldn't release a real album. You know, so like mixtape Weezy is probably one of the greatest rappers ever. Mm-hmm. Um. But to say like no one can be on the stage with him, eh? We got you know Conway and Drake and Jay Z, Jay Z. You know what I mean? Like just that's just three off the top of the head. Yeah, Who can easily, 
Yeah, who can, go, who can go head to head with him for we'll sure? Because um, Lil Wayne has fights, amazing songs, and and I don't know if we said consider them hits because you know a lot of them like the mixtapes, like chart and stuff like that. That count? I don't know, but even like, but even from his first official album, like with the Carter One on up, like he still got hits. I think he got to oh, the yeah. hits still, but like, like me and you said before, Brian, versus was about just that hits. Yeah, it ain't mm-hmm. about. Who our favorite rapper was. So if you go yeah. line for line, hit for hit, however, however you want to like define that, there are like you said those what three that you just named alone. Yeah, can can definitely stand to toe. Like even like, Ronald, you you love this man just like I love him. D'Angelo was amazing, mm-hmm. but he could have went against somebody because first of all, D'Angelo only got two real albums. Them other ones don't count in my opinion. That Vanguard oh, stuff. The, uh... Brown oh, Sugar the, um, and Black, Black Messiah. Okay, I don't count that. I mean, Ooh. it's an album, but like, yeah. ain't no hit off of it. Not a, it, there's no charting commercial hit off of that. Like, yeah, yeah, there's not. So Brown Sugar and Voodoo, amazing bodies of work. Yep, and he did it by himself. But mm-hmm. that's not to say that he couldn't have went toe to toe with somebody. Like yeah. he could have went against a music soul child. He could have went, even though they was in two different eras. Right, but if you just talking about similar styles, kind of, it could have went against Anthony Hamilton. I think Anthony and Music were more appropriate to go against each other. He could have went against Justin, Lauren Hill. They might not have showed up. Could have, they both only got really, you know, got limited bodies of work. Right, <laughs> they got to did it. <laughs> but that would have been. A she didn't even show up. She didn't even show up to sing the song with him. So, <laughs> you know, um, I guess to my point is, I feel like Wayne could do it by himself. I think that was a good idea. But to double down and say because no one can go against me, it's where. So where I draw the line. I feel like yeah. just take the D'Angelo approach and do the do the solo verses. Yeah. But you know, and just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. Yeah. You know. Agreed. Anyway. All right. Yep. Um, Brian. Yes. You told us, you told the people that this is gospel music. It episode. is. It we is. have a guest in the living room who's gonna help us talk through someone who's very, very familiar with the gospel industry. Know some mm-hmm. insights and things of that magnitude. So, um, grab your snacks, grab your yeah. prayer cloth, grab your sheets, whatever it is that you like to have in church <laughs> that's going to protect you. Um, grab it all. Grab your communion wafers, your grape juice, right? Grab your chicken dinner, a fish plate, mm. a spaghetti, a little slaw inside. Get you yeah. a fish meal, fish plate. Get you a, and a and a and a, and a no name and a non name brand can of soap <laughs> and bring it with a with a roll and a slice of lemon cake. Orange. Bring that to the living room. <laughs> bring that to the living room and let's have this good conversation. Let's do it. All right, Puzzle Pieces, thank you very much for sticking around for the living room. And we are mm-hmm. super excited. We told y'all earlier that we have a special guest yep. in the building, in the living room today. Uh, and we are super excited for this brother. Uh, he is going to introduce himself, but he is a good brother in terms of uh, great person, great friend, friend of the podcast, friend in real life. He is a musical savant, uh, but I'm going to let him. Uh, also, he has a podcast in the pocket, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I'm gonna let him introduce himself. But I'm gonna say uh, thank you, Chip, for being in the uh, living room. Yeah, man. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be in the living room, man. Uh, this is great. Um, shout out to you guys for uh, putting out premium content. You know, uh, as a podcast brother, I appreciate the excellence. So um, grateful to be here and be with some positive brothers, man. 
appreciate um, we appreciate you. Yeah, man. Uh, like Brian said, um, I'm a professional musician. Um, not so much since I've been married, you know, slowed down a lot. Um, but I've been in the music industry uh, professionally since I was 14, um, 43 now. So I have a lot of skin in the game. Um, been uh, mainly a drummer. And uh, later, my later years moved in produ- into production, um, working with several gospel artists. Uh, I'm from the state of Connecticut, from Bridgeport. So where my handle 203 comes from, that's my area code for Bridgeport, Connecticut. So I rep my city and my state everywhere I go. So 203 Chip G is my my handle. So um, I've been a professional drummer for, started playing when I was four or five and uh, professionally since I was 15, 14, 15. Um, and I've played with a few great artists and I'm proud of my resume, but uh, more so just happy to have knowledge and build the relationships that I have that are helping me in my podcast now, um, being able to take those relationships and uh, interview uh, prominent people in the music industry and help pass on the information. Uh, my podcast is called In the Pocket because in the pocket you find your groove and you find your niche and you stay there. So I try to help people find their groove in life, uh, whether it be music or arts or anything like that. So kind of where I'm at, I moved from Connecticut in 2016 and I've been in Atlanta for now seven years. Um, finding my way, that was a whole experience in itself. So. Um, mm-hmm. just starting fresh. Um, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here and grateful for all the people that I've met. Met Brian uh, three or four years ago, and uh, he's been a good brother to me ever since. So when he asked me to be on, I, without question, I was going to be here. So wait a minute. Are you from Connecticut? I am from Bridgeport, Connecticut, born and raised. Okay. Okay. So it was you and your family. Those were all the blacks in Connecticut. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Do you know Connecticut had the highest murder rate per capita in the United States, bro? Like, we got killers out there, dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first 48. We got some episodes. Like, legit. First, okay. legit. I'm from first 48. I'm from Memphis. I know first yeah. 48. Legit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real, so... Yeah, well, we definitely appreciate it. So, you, in this episode, that you can, you can brag if you want to. You can, you can talk about all the good things that you do, all the people you've worked with. It's okay. So, if we mention, it'll somebody, come up in the conversation. I'm sure like, when we talk. It's okay. You can I'm not drop. It, it no. is all right. We do I not have that. any. It's okay. You can say when I was working for this person. You know, yeah. that's fine. It works. Okay. It'll all come right, out so, in stories. I'm sure. That makes perfect sense. All right. Yeah. So, so we have this thing we do uh, at the at the All Podcast. Uh, it's a game that we call called Culture Code. Uh, and basically what it is, is you kind of can choose between this or that. Uh, we give two options. You choose this or that. Um, and most cases in most podcasts, they'll be like, well, you know, we won't judge you based off your answers on this podcast. We're definitely going to judge you uh, on the answer, <laughs> depending on what your response is. Okay. okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right. We're going to start with, uh, let's start with movies or film and television. Okay. All right. Uh, Martin or The Fresh Prince? Martin without question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Without okay. question, yeah. it tracks, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it does track. Tracks. Tracks. Fresh Prince was dope every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, or was it Monday night? Every Monday night, we would gather around, and, you know, eat TV, eat uh, dinner in the living room. You know, that was a special day. We could watch the Fresh Prince together. So yeah, that was that was epic. But those Thursdays, you know, with Martin coming on, it was it was legit. That works. Okay. Yeah. Um, coming to America or Boomerang? Coming to America. Mm, I'm black, okay. black, bro. You, you're not gonna stump me with this. <laughs> okay. Um, Angela Bassett or Viola Davis? Mm. Angela Bassett. Oh, okay. Muscles right. over snot. <laughs> What's love got to do with it? Come on, man. <laughs> um, 
Denzel Washington. Denzel. Oh, oh okay. There is no the, uh, other option. He said there's no answer. There's no answer. There's, there's, there's nothing else. <laughs> All right. Let's do some no, music. but who was it? Curiously, who was it? It was it was going to be uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, no. Nah. What? No. Brian, now. <laughs> Come on, B. That was a terrible mismatch, brother. Nah, man. What is that? Listen, the talent, talent level. Okay. Jamie Foxx. Um, let's do this. Um, okay. Uh, Mama's Gun or Miseducation on Lauren Hill? <clears throat> because I lean to commercial music more so than underground, and my wife is going to kill me because she's the biggest Badu fan. We're going to see her in July. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Miseducation on Lauren Hill. That album won four Grammys. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. it had a global effect on music. Um, yeah, that, that album was dope. I just was listening and, to the other day. Now, Mama's Brian, it's still a bit about her work. Yeah. No, I, I'm all down with the whole Soquarian, you know, movement and Questlove and the Roots and everybody and the, all those guys. But um, I think that Salam Remy with that uh, producing that um, Eric, I mean, uh, the Lauren Hill just slaps. It's just, it's timeless music. Yeah. Okay. It still That's sounds fine. good to this day. I mean, Mama's Gun rocks too, but that Lauren Hill special. It ain't miseducation. You don't think so? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying miseducation. I'm saying oh, Mama's yeah. Gun isn't going. Yeah, like oh, I like. Nah, Mama, nah, I'm nah. a big Badu fan too. Absolutely. If you putting them two against each other, right? It's lowering all that. Yeah. Mm. And I know Brian's a little offended because he, you know, but I mean, but <laughs> she, I mean, shit talent alone, you gotta give it to Lauren. Mm-hmm. She's she's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good. Like you know, it, that can go either way. That one, it, there's the situation where like you choose either one. I'm fine with because you can't. You yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. New Jack Swing or mm-hmm. Neo Soul. I'm an old head, so I gotta go New Jack Swing. Even though New Neo Soul was my, uh, you know what? I'm a, I'm a renege on my answer. I'm a change. I say Neo Soul because that was my prime, and mm-hmm. New Jack Swing. I was a little young to catch it, even though I was a musician and I loved, you know, reading the credits and learning about Teddy Riley and all the records. But I was I wasn't out out, but I was out when when Neo Soul was out. You know, mm-hmm. I was a grown young young man when that was popping. So, um, and being a musician, coming up with the whole vibe in Philly and all that stuff, being from Connecticut, it was epic. So I take that back. I say Neil Soul. Okay. Um, Donald Lawrence mm. or Hezekiah Walker? Mm. I'm going to have to say Hez because so much of my mm. playing was shaped. <laughs> I'm from the Northeast. I'm from Connecticut. So we, we're mm-hmm. an hour and a half from Brooklyn. So, mm-hmm. you know, Bishop Moles was, has his bishop and, he, and Bishop Moles is in my city. So every Easter concert has was coming to Prayer Tabernacle Church of Love and Jeff Leslie and and uh, Jeff Davis and and Jules Bartholomew and Reggie Young and and Reggie uh, all all those guys were coming down uh, to the church. So I got to see them and grow up and learn that style from them. So yeah, East Coast all day. Okay, okay, that works. I'm not mad at that either. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we kind of, it, that was a, a light culture code. Sometimes <laughs> oh, you keep going, man. I, I got him. Let's go. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets it gets it gets it gets ratcheter. So you know, we 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 be like finish this line, slob on my, and then it kind of oh. goes down here from there. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that's how it goes. Okay, so um, oh. <laughs> it, it just goes down here from there. And oh, this is we're gospel. Fin- we're finished. We're finishing lyrics. <laughs> yes, we're oh. finishing lyrics. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, it it goes down here for me. And this is gospel episode. We would have got to you know keep it decent until probably our listener letter probably a little more uh, yeah raunchy because that thing gets gets out of hand. Yeah, I'm a man um, of balance. So, so it don't it don't fit me. It's cool. All right, gl- glad to hear that. All right, so you um, know that B. Why you act like you don't know, man? Come on. 
I, you know, it happens. It happens. All right. So uh, you did a wonderful job with Culture Code. Uh, there's not too much judging, I guess, that would go on at that point. Um, so we're talking about gospel. Uh, this episode, this uh, living room, it is Negro Music Appreciation Month, as we call it here at the Jigsaw Podcast. Uh, <laughs> so what is Negro music without gospel music? It right? is nothing. It, nothing. it is nothing. Negro music, is, gospel music and Negro music is one and the same. Right. Uh, so just some some historical context for you, just before we get into the gospel music. Um, the term gospel music, for those that are listening, was first used or pinned by a white person, which is interesting, in 1874. But I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, <laughs> that, you know, we was in the, in the field, you know, yeah. singing gospel music, right? So Absolutely. The, the heartbeat, the, the breath, the foundation of gospel music, in my humble opinion, uh, was niggas. So, <laughs> you appreciate this month, <laughs> we, it is the, ours. The niggers. It's, it's ours. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so, we're going to start out. We're going to go old school. Okay. All right. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go chip first. What, what is your favorite hymn? Mm, okay. Mm. We're going hymns. I feel like Josh got excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Josh loves gospel music. Like, it yeah. is. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love gospel music, too. Um, I'm a huge fan and advocate. Um, my mom's going to kill me because I'm drawing a blank right now because I hate these on a spot kind of joints. Um. Man, I don't want to say. I mean, "Great Is Thy Faithfulness" is so popular. Right? That's a good one. You know, everybody remixes that one, and it's this classic solo that everybody sings. I can lean on that one. Um, wait, wait, wait. Um, um, some somebody wrote a hymn. Fanny Crosby. Um, um, she's from Bridgeport, Connecticut, and she was blind. And uh, what is the name of the song? "Pass Me Not." She was oh, blind. She was blind, and. People would always, she lived on the second floor. People would go to the third floor or the first floor and never come to visit her on the second floor. And because Jesus. of that, she wrote, do not pass me by because she wanted somebody to come visit her. So she wrote the song to Jesus, Savior, do not pass me by. While I know this is an hour calling, do not pass me by. Listen, so I, I just got chills. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about y'all, but uh, the, the hymns take me to the yeah. place. Le- legit. Yes, sir. Because so they, they, they have stores. Absolutely. You know, so that she, that, that. Him always resonates with me, and it's from my hometown. She's buried in my hometown too. Okay, that's what's up, Josh. What's your favorite hymn? Now I don't know all that history, <laughs> but blessed quietness. Oh yeah, holy quietness. What assurance in my soul oh. on the stormy sea, speaking <laughs> peace to me. How the billows cease to roll. That is oh. that. <laughs> if you want to get me up, oh Josh is churchy. <laughs> if you want to get me up. <laughs> That's if you want to get me up. That's what you got to do that. Okay. That's okay. up. That's All right. Cool. Up. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what's I'm your favorite hymn? I'm, what y'all I'm Kojic, sing in California? I'm Kojic and I don't know lyrics. So I'm going to say yes, Lord. Because I just don't know lyrics. You That's know that. fine. Okay. You can't go wrong with yes, Lord. You can't go wrong with yes, Lord. Any setting, it works. Slow, what's fast. that song? Uh, uh, Something. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied. God, God, will, take God will take care of you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wreck, it wrecks the house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so I think hymns are the foundation, in my opinion, of gospel music. Um, and it's interesting because the lyrical content, the structure of the hymn, um, I think even when we sing hymns in church, is a different feel to the hymn. Um, so within that, we're starting at the foundation. Why are hymns uh, important 
and this part and in the, in the since we all go to church in church, but also why does it feel like sometimes that the hymns are kind of getting pushed out in certain churches, pushed out of certain churches? Mm. Who's going first? You can go <laughs> first. You go first, Chip. Because <laughs> hymns, hymns are hymns are being pushed out of church. For one, um, the, it's a generation removed. Um, the younger generation doesn't know the value, and um, church all now is about timed performance and uh, mm-hmm. um, everything is segues and transitions. Mm-hmm. And only time you get a hymn is in a high worship if somebody's old enough to know the hymn and the musician is old enough to know how to play it. <clears throat> because mm-hmm. um, it has changed. And uh, my mom was the music director at our church growing up and taught us all those hymns. Um, but it's it's moved on. The culture has moved on and changed because we've adapted other cultures. Um, mm. Whereas in, you know, it's more of a show and a time performance. Um, there's a church, there's certain churches in Atlanta. I just talk, was talking to a gospel artist two days ago and he said, man, they don't let me move in the spirit because everything is timed. So people can't get their breakthrough because I have to be down, done in 10 minutes. Mm. I have to be done. This, seg- this segment right here for worship, they only allow... 12 minutes and 75, 65 seconds, or, you know what I mean? Something short like mm-hmm. that, you know, like, so there's no time for the spirit to move. There's no time for God to alter the program. So um, timed, um, rehearsed, calculated worship um, has forced the hymn and then, the, and then a disconnect in the culture as well. As far as ministry wise, it's not demanding. The pastors mm-hmm. aren't calling for it. Um, the focus is just different. Mm-hmm. It's a different time. It is. And it's, it's sad because it's, it's needed. You know, churches don't do hymns anymore. Yeah, and we—I don't, don't know what I can add to that. That's like, that's good because Brian, I remember you know even when we first met, right? Yeah, the first Sunday that would be a mm-hmm. specific hymn. Yeah, and then to Chip's point, like we would be in a specific moment of worship, and the transition just wasn't yes, Lord. It'll go into the hymn, right? That's speaking mm-hmm. to the or speaking to the movement. Um, one of my other favorite hymns is uh, "My Father Watches Over Me." I trust in God mm-hmm. everywhere. I'm, like yeah. that is. The founder of my home church used to bust out nothing just randomly. Yeah, we all repenting like you know, like we like we just got through sinning, but then also worshiping God for like what He's done because we know He's watching over that. And I think it's the it is the the resonating power of those lyrics, like hit in such a way that Maverick Maverick City's fifteen paragraph stanzas will never hit in the no, same. And I, I don't need to know that Jesus is my gardener; He washes the grass of my soul. That don't need <laughs> for me right so I, I i love that you said that it is a generation but i wonder like how can we or maybe we don't even have the power to reconnect it back to church it's the music director talking to the pastor and the pastor has to want to enforce that mm-hmm. um i play for a baptist church they don't even do hymns anymore My God. um you know it's they different. used to say hymns hymns yeah mm-hmm. baptist church is our foundation of the hymn is from you know in the baptist church but this church i play for they do not do hymns um they just they have a ninety minute service, and they want to start at eleven and be done by twelve thirty. Mm. It's wild because growing my home church, we sang a hymn every Sunday. Absolutely, mm-hmm. me too. Every single and it was a different hymn. It wasn't the same hymn mm-hmm. every single Sunday. We sang a different hymn, and them hymns would would take us to the to the heavens. And then we would wow. sit to praise and worship to that choir. But them hymns. Watch <laughs> this. My sister's minister music at a church in in Connecticut. She just told me that the pastor told her to dial back because she was doing a different hymn every week. She plays at an independent Pentecostal. She works at an independent Pentecostal church in Connecticut. The pastor said, 
just condense it to five hymns a quarter. So rotate those. You don't have to teach us a new hymn. Whereas Mm. we grew up learning new hymns, you know, every Sunday. So yeah, if anything, we have to we have the program with the hymn in it. So we had it. Everybody sang along with them. And the, that's the thing. So we transitioned from, I know praise and worship was on the, on the camera, on the screen. But back in the day, we Josh, Josh got a hymn, though. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, oh, Lord. Josh, we called you too. <laughs> Let's go, Josh. Yeah, he's in this church. Yes, sir. So, but, but that's, that's, what, that's what we grew up on. I grew up on the, the, the program. We had a program every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the hymn was in in the program every single Sunday. We sang that mm-hmm. thing every mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. That's just, how we grew up. Because now that we know that all three of us grew up in the Church of God in Christ, it was the same structure of service. From I was in Connecticut, and y'all were in different states. And actually, I was in California. California. You were in California, so the, the same order of service was was there. The, the statement of faith mm-hmm. had to be read. You know, the, the yeah. uh, every Sunday. Sunday. Every, <laughs> that was that was the order of our service, right? So we yeah. know, like. The program, it was just like Memphis. You wave your program, you know, we're going to do the first, second, and fourth stanza. We waved you know it. what I mean? Like, it was just, it was, that's what it was. Yeah. And I, and I, and it's weird because I was talking, I think I was talking to Josh, I was talking to Lauren recently too, is there are some things that, you know, it, within gospel music and within even the Pentecostal church that, yeah, like, I, I want, I want us to hold on to, or at least bring back. I would, I would spend an extra five, 10 minutes in church if they give us a hymn. I, I would be fine with that. You know what I'm I saying? Like, the like scripture being read too. Like they don't read scriptures no more. They don't I'm read the Bible that. no more. I'm, fi- I'm fine with us. I'm fine with the, uh, him every Sunday. I'm fine with reading the scripture. Old, you can do Old Testament and New Testament. I am fine with that. Um, you know, there are some things we can edit out of the service, but if you, I don't want to cut out the hymn or the the, the spiritual aspect of the service um, because I think the hymn sets the foundation for the whole program. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at that point, it kind of goes into the praise and worship and all that kind of stuff as well. So it has to do with leadership and the the general vibe of the church and what the pastor wants, and it also has to do with the timing. Like they, people have short attention spans now, and if you're streaming, if the service is too long or it takes too long to get to the parts, like preachers want to get up when at within the first half hour of service now. Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes of praise and worship, twenty minutes of praise and worship, <clears throat> and you may have announcements, maybe, but announcements you generally at the end of service now. And then yeah. not even offering. You give it the end of service now. And so the preachers want to be up in, in prime time. So that first half hour, 45 minutes, the latest they want to be up. So they, they trim all that stuff out. Yeah. And I think if we're doing a disservice to the next generation as far as losing out on that, some of that power in them hymns. That's just my my My, my niece no, nephew's never even heard of him before, probably. I got a 20-year-old niece that probably can't tell you one hymn. Mm. She's not 20. Different. Deeper, deeper. That's it's a terrible, my kids know because I'd be around here humming <laughs> and lining hymns all day. Yeah. Well, it depends on it depends on how you're raised and brought up, and I think yep. it's a generational yep. disconnect. And I think our generation—I'm a little older than y'all, probably—but our generation of that, what is it, uh, millennials? Y'all, I'm a geriatric millennial, I guess. Um, how old are you? Chip? <laughs> I'm 43. Okay, I'm I'm 30. I'll be 38 Eight? this year. Yeah, so I'm 38 this year. But our generation. I, I just, oh, I just heard my birthday was just, just turned so, yeah. 38. <laughs> you are 38. You are 38. 38. In the present. Yeah. I'm currently 38. That is true. Okay. Our generation is the last generation I feel of substance in that in that in that aspect where after that everything switches. Yeah. Anything, Josh? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So we Thomas Dorsey. My God. Um, is considered the godfather of modern gospel music. Um, he played 
jazz and all that kind of stuff and then got saved and then kind of took gospel music to where we consider it now. There's different types of gospel music. There's traditional, there's choir, there's CCM. I'm going to throw another kind of category in there, like praise and worship. I think praise and worship gospel music is a little different than other music, you know, like the Judah McAllister's. She does, you know, praise and worship. The the queen of praise and worship. The queen of praise and worship. I don't care what these young people say. (laughs) It wasn't Tasha Cobb. It was Judah McAllister. The yeah, Duchess, the Queen, Doctor, Doctor Judy McCall, Doctor Judy Christie McCall, That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we have traditional, we have like choir, and this is black gospel music. We'll say yeah, that. traditional sure. uh, choir, CCM, uh, and then we have praise and uh, traditional praise, not praise and worship music. Um, out of those four, right? Um, what do you feel uh, is the most prevalent today? And something you feel like probably can be used a little more. Uh, I feel like uh, CCM is the most prevalent right now mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. due to uh, the, uh, what's the word? Infusion of uh, other cultures coming into the black church. Um, our desire to be like them. Um, oh. Yeah. Our desire to be like them because we saw how they were putting numbers in the seats. Mm-hmm. And and how they were selling records, mm-hmm. and how they had multicultural and give and that equates to giving, you know, all of that. So we incorporated their style of worship in our style of worship, but then we lost our flavor. And so I feel like, um, you know, there are beautiful worship songs in CCM, and there are oh, beautiful yeah. moments that can come, you know, great songwriting. But I don't want to kiss Jesus. <laughs> Me either, and I've never asked him. I've never willingly asked him to burn me up and try me like fire. Yeah. Mm-mm. So I, I, this life is full of tribulation. I'm not going to yeah. beg for that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I think we, I think we've incorporated other cultures, which caused us to lose some of our, our zeal, our power, our, mm-hmm. our, spe- our something that made us special. Yeah. And uh, and that's where we are right now. Yeah. And, and it's interesting within that, like you see at some of their services. They're trying to infuse more of the Pentecostalism, the traditional, you know, bro, black they, they, church they, experience. I play, and you notice, I play at a church in uh, South Carolina sometimes, and mm-hmm. there's a black worship leader, and then there's a white mm. worship leader, and it's mm. for the sauce, for the black guy to sing mm-hmm. the upbeat praise and worship songs, mm-hmm. and then sing a hymn every once in a while, and then there's, when it's time for worship, you pass that mic, because now it's time to dim the lights. And it's time to, you know, turn the smoke machine on. Mm. And we're, and we're gonna, church. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put the words on the screen and we're gonna just mask know, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about the uh overwhelming reckless love of God. <laughs> 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 and those moments, those songs have have <clears throat> their 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 purpose. Oh yeah. Like there's moments yeah. Where oh, I yeah. get reckless love and I'm just or gyra, you are yeah. enough, stuff like that. But let me see I can say this. Do you feel I'm not hating on. Do you feel those songs have power? Yeah, I think they were written okay. in a place of sincerity. I just okay. think mm-hmm. um, overused, oversaturated. Mm-hmm. We, we lost our power, bro. We mm-hmm. lost our power. It's, everything mm-hmm. is so slow, and like we lost our musicianship. Yeah, mm. we mm. lost our, we lost our, just the overall feeling on a Sunday morning. We just, it, it's different now. It's, it's, we just lost it. I, I don't know how to put it into words, but like. Um, there was a time when Thomas Whitfield or 
you know, we would sing the we would sing a Hezekiah Walker song, and that would Orlando Draper, or you know, like uh, Ooh, good one. My can, soul doth magnify. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, Orlando Draper. <laughs> yeah, man, you're from Memphis. That's right. So like. My cousin those, used to sing with Orlando Draper. Uh huh. <laughs> so those we lost that we lost that our sound, and mm-hmm. we took their sound. And yes. I don't know if anybody's. I don't know if it'll ever go back to mm. that, mm. where our sound is dominant. Mm. Because, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if we'll ever have that. We'll have because now we have Throwback Sundays, right? Or we have Choir oh. Sundays because the choir don't yeah. sing every Sunday in most Mm-mm. churches. You know, we have Choir Sundays where it, it's second and fourth or. Mm-hmm. Fifth Sunday's mass choir or you know the youth choir, but like you know, it's not like how we grew up and we just lost our power when we when we stopped singing our songs that we wrote mm-hmm. for our for our lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, because I I feel and I, I'm trying to I'm wondering if it, if it's because there are certain ministries in, in the Atlanta area, um, uh, and per, per certain people in of our generation who have developed a distaste for or have a certain animosity toward the way we grew up in church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and kind of have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. So they yeah. want nothing that symbolizes or or, yeah. or reflects the church that we grew up in. Right. Yeah. Like because we were in the church every day. Like absolutely mm-hmm. every day. Um so now it's kind of like they're setting up a different kingdom of anti-church, like, yeah. and within that is like we don't want even the sound of the church that we grew up in. Yeah, but I th- but I think there can be I think there's a happy medium that can and should exist, right? It I should agree. be a balance, and I, and, right? Right, and and I also think that it is okay if there are extremes, right? Yeah. you know, as as long as they you know meet the need and serve the people and do no harm. So I, I'm okay if your church is straight up CCM Maverick City. That's what y'all do. That just ain't the, the church for me. But yeah. we're going into like you said, some of our spaces that were you know had traditional choirs, and so this is just, I was trying to find it and I found it because this is what praise and worship. Was like for me, and this is what I want to hear, just loud. <laughs> you see what I'm oh, saying? It, that, you know good. that res- yes. You see what that did to you, Brian? <laughs> Immediately, and when that, you know, when some that's of the other songs come on, I don't, I don't get that that same thing. So I think, and what I love about the ministry that you know I'm newly a part of now is that the praise and worship. Now they, now we are in a space where we, you know, it's, it's a time service, and that that that's that's done its thing. But in terms of the worship atmosphere, we sang to him Sunday. Um, the praise and worship is a nice mix of, you know, that more traditional praise and worship and mm-hmm. some infusion of some newer stuff that I can rock with. I'm not trying to bask every Sunday. Like, I think we just, we talked about that, right? So I think what we're missing is that balance of what Brian talked about. I spoke about it at my previous ministry and told them, I said, y'all are creating a separate religion of anti-church. Yeah. Y'all are so gung-ho to my church, oh, church hurt that you're creating this whole segment of people who are despising Right, these other spaces that are actually really ministering to people. Now, I do think there's some things we can take away that were harmful in some of our more mm-hmm. traditional oh, churches, and there's some things that we can adapt. Absolutely. Right, but at the same, but at the same time, I don't think like I'm never going to be the person. I don't wear suit to church every Sunday. I'm never going to be the person that's going to talk bad about somebody who's dawn down in their suits and their snakeskin shoes. It's, it's just not my thing, right? <laughs> but it serves a purpose for them. But I think, but we, but I don't, I don't have to be anti that to to be who I am. Today and I think that's the difference, Brian. I think what you're talking about of where people yeah. are standing in these more contemporary churches, yeah, where they're so anti everything yeah. that like the church as we know it today doesn't really 
exist in the in the ways that they did when we were growing up. Yeah. In our in our generation, we grew up, we were in church all the time, every day, mm-hmm. you know, doing mm-hmm. something. From that came the generation or spun it was a spinoff to it don't take all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't require <clears throat> all that. And mm. from that disconnect with where it don't take all that birthed slowly but surely the, the gradual change in how we carried our service. Um, we used to have devotional service, right? We would have mm. testimony mm-hmm. service and devotional service that started getting wild and were out of hand and, and long. And so they had <laughs> then, but then you have the mega churches introducing praise and worship with, with four or five singers singing three-part harmony with the worship leader in front. That is an art culture. That that came from another culture that, that mm-hmm. slowly infused its way into the black church. So things have gradually changed. And then you sure. saw how free they were to, you can be free to worship. You can be free. Like, we wasn't talking about no freedom to worship when we were coming out <laughs> of church. You know, it was God is a good guy. Yes, he is. Yeah. You know, like, so. I enjoy that. Yeah, I, I enjoy it too. <laughs> I mean, I miss it so much. Um, I just saw a clip of Dorothy Norwood at Greater uh, Bishop Shears Dorothy Church on Norwood. Sunday. Yeah, and, um, I saw that. She wrecked it. She was singing Shine On Me. Let the life in the lighthouse. <laughs> man, you can feel it through the, through the clip. So I'm sending it to everybody like, man, I miss church. I wish it was like this again. So, I mean, um, just from that era of 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 demand, now has mm. come the area of it, it doesn't take all that. And now now it's free. It's, it's do what you want. God don't require that. We can we can still worship in 90 minutes and go home. You still can feel the spirit and go home and go to brunch. Yeah. Although I do enjoy brunch. Uh, brunch is cool. But I, I also enjoy like um I, I don't mind the 90. Let me see if I can say that. I think you said it earlier. I don't mind the 90 minute worship service. I feel like there's you can get in and get what you need, but when you when it gets to the point where you kind of you like at 11.05, if this if if, if this ain't, yeah, 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 yeah. If this if you ain't transition, it just cut like nah, that's that's yeah. That's, that's not, and I think I'm, that's the difference because yeah. I agree. I think we can get it in in ninety minutes or whatever, but like when it's so structured that it seems like you, it's performative at that point, bro. And that's they the, the part. They hold the signs up. They, yeah. they hold the signs up. They, the clock is running. It's flashing red when it's at zero. It's like mm-hmm. you know you got to have a runner show and be like, hey, we want to get through this by this point. But if it goes over, it goes over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they, and I think and I think that's balancing that too. Don't be up there just singing for 80 minutes because yeah. you can, right? right? But at the same time, if, if we're in a flow, yeah. bro, let's, let's stay in the flow. Yeah. Let's, let, let's do it. Don't 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 dim the worship because we got to dim the lights to go into the announcements or we got to right. whatever that is, right? You're cutting altar call short so we can hurry up and get offering in so we can make that 90 minute mark. Like, Absolutely. Let it, let, let it be. So I think, again, I, I don't know. I feel like we've lost. We talk about balance so much that we've lost it. Yeah. It's up, to the like, pastor, it's up to the pastor to give that nod because mm-hmm. if the pastor doesn't give that nod, the associate pastor is going to be like, let's keep it moving. Let's mm-hmm. stay, you know, let's keep it going. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. Okay. So, so just talk about balance. So we know the, we talk about infl- infiltration of other cultures within church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or in gospel music, traditional yeah. gospel music. Okay. And let's kind of consider or think about, um, maybe secular we at one point it was like you don't mix secular with gospel and then nah. you know maddie's maddie's girls kind of did a little bit of that you know with you know he, you brought the sunshine absolutely and maddie's, that you know was I love maddie's girls <laughs> and that got them picked out of the church right and then yeah. we'll go some more years um we ain't gonna talk about the ancestrious uh 
siblings <laughs> that Josh always talks about. If anything uh, ever happened to you, how could I go on? Tell me, what would I do? Yeah. It took me a long time to figure out that they were singing to Jesus and not each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, um, Josh's favorite, Kurt. Well, no, well, I, I, think you, I think you missed the era. You got the whole, the Hawkins. I did. And like, how, like Oh Happy Day oh, was considered oh, like, Day. Yeah. you know, blasphemous. That, like, that was Tremaine a, was performing in clubs mm-hmm. in Paris, you know, um, like singing in jazz clubs, smoky jazz clubs yeah. at that. Andre Crouch did Color Purple, with, um, yep. which which was mm-hmm. still a gospel song. Is yes, Lord. Like, like how do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went, we went through all these different phases, and then the I mean the biggest person is like Kirk. Well, Kirk oh, was like came out. It was a rap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going full throttle, <laughs> head first into emerging um, the culture with a with the purpose mm-hmm. to reach. Those beyond the four walls, yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> so within that, do you see? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Let's just start go there, and then we kind of go some some uh, some subsequent questions off of that. Uh, I was there at the beginning of you know, I think ninety three ninety three. I was in a community choir. I wasn't even playing drums then. My uncle was at a community choir, and Bobby Jones Gospel came to my city and uh, did a showcase for new artists. Mm. And my uncle's choir was a choir called Ricky Harrison Friends. And uh, we had some of the baddest musicians in on the East Coast. And uh, Kerr Franklin was the headliner. And this is like why we sing was like just coming out. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who he was. So he's he's making his way around the country promoting why we sing. And that day, you know, he made a lasting impact that people, but it was it was a different Kerr Franklin. It wasn't the Kerr Franklin, the stomp Kerr Franklin. It was mm-hmm. he's able, Kurt Franklin. Yeah, it was That's silver and gold, Kurt silver Franklin. and gold, Kurt Franklin. Yeah, you silver know, gold is a number. That is a number. Yes. So you know his style of writing was different. He was you know because Kurt before that had a hit with the joy from with Georgia Mass Choir, Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega, Joy, Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so one. that was that was the era of Kurt. He had he even had a different hairline back then. So mm-hmm. you know, he was mm-hmm. balding Kurt back back then. With the yep. little, uh, he didn't have the veneers back then. Either. Oh no no no! He had <laughs> messed up grill and a messed up hairline. Oh, yep. you know? <laughs> but um, by the time that album did so well, um, I truly believe that uh, he was on uh, Vicky Mac Latiat gospel centric. He was on that label, which is an LA-based label. Um, I truly believe that he knew that with why we sing being played in clubs and on mainstream radio, that it was there was more to it. Mm. And he and he changed his producers and got a more mainstream sound um, that would be more appealing. Uh, because the goal of every artist is to become mainstream, every gospel artist, mm. because they want that crossover hit. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it with Kurt. We've seen it with Mary Mary. We've seen it with Yolanda. Um, even Donnie, we fall down, right? Yolanda had opened up my mm-hmm. heart. Um, mm-hmm. Mary Mary had shackles. All of those songs can be slowed down, sped up, club mix, skate mix, hip hop mix, remix. You know, all of those mm-hmm. songs have been flipped to to suit urban radio, and that's that's the case. They want other cultures, other genres, and mainstream. They want Billboard to pick it up. You know, they don't just want to minister at your church. They, they're in the business to make money. And I yeah. think between the family and God's property, he figured it out. He said, you know, because Stomp 
the stomp that we hear is the remix. It's not even the uh, yeah the original stomp. Right there. The original is is, is gospel. You know, it has drums and you know it has chord changes and everything. It's pretty mean. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then it moves to the remix is the hip hop remix with Salt, and so he knew by slapping Salt on there, who's a global you know generational icon, hip hop icon, it was gonna get radio spins. The hip hop beat that it was under was gonna it was hypnotizing and catchy. And then, you know, his ad libs and everything. So it was, it was, and it was so far from where he was before and so far from anything else we had ever heard. Mm-hmm. We had never heard anything that was it, was. it was disruptive. It was so disruptive. And then he went even further. Album, yeah. I was say, even the album that it sits on, yeah. it's like an anomaly because that's, that's the album that got faith more than I can bear. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. All of that is on that, on that God's property album. So Stomp is just this. It's his own stratosphere. Yeah. It really don't even belong on the album. That version. Because everything else is church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've gone through the fire. Like that's yep. crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so he he was he he was doing his thing, but he he needed that radio hit. He needed that radio hit that was gonna get him out there. And that thing just it took off and it mm-hmm. he, he been on fire since. So yes, he has. He has. <laughs> that's, that's, so okay. So we're talking. So that's that's the secular infusion into gospel. Now, what do you see the flip side? Gospel being infused into other other genres. I believe that gospel music is the mother of music, in my opinion. Absolutely, um, gospel music is the mother of the blues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the mother of rock and roll and the mother of hip hop. Yep. So everything is is derived from gospel, from the spirituals first, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. converting to gospel music into rock and roll or the blues into rock and roll and now other forms. Yeah. And you know how even, I know? Like what? the 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 most prominent musicians are gospel music are gospel musicians that are playing this music in other genres. I yeah. made a whole I made a whole list of like 20 or 30 people that I know for a fact came from church that are on the charts right now. Really? Name name a few. Corey Henry, Grammy yeah. Award winning organist. <laughs> yeah. Um let me see. I mean, I you can probably, go back to Billy I Preston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you can go back to the history of Billy Preston. Um, mm-hmm. um, you can go. Where's my list? Where's my list? Uh, sorry, sorry. Um, Jonathan Dubose, the world-renowned guitar player, was it was from my hometown? Mm-hmm. You know, played for Harry Connick Jr., making all mm-hmm. his music. Played for Tremaine Hawkins. Yeah. Toured with New Kids on the Block. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, Nissan Stewart, pastor oh, in yeah. L.A. Oh yeah, Produ- produced for Tweet, G Unit, Puffy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's in Omar Edwards plays for Jay Z, part of the BBE band with with Adam Blackstone. Adam Blackstone himself, they play. Yeah. He, Adam Blackstone is the music director for the Oscars. Mm. He is from Philadelphia, from Ford Memorial Church. Uh, Eric Dawkins played for Commission. Was oh, a keyboard yeah. player for Commission. He's mem- he was a member of the Underdogs and wrote uh, wrote on all those songs. How you gonna act like that and all that stuff like. Uh, mm-hmm. J. Drew Sheard, our presiding bishop's son, was, was signed to the Neptunes, was signed to Pharrell. Uh, Warren Campbell, Pastor Warren Campbell. Oh, he did, go. you know, he did I Get Around for Tupac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty Tribbett and G.A. did Cry Me a River for Justin yeah. Timberlake. Yeah. Um, Phil Cornish, from musician from Atlanta, is Kanye West, Sunday Service MD. Uh, yeah. Ronnie East did Trapped in the Closet from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Joe Wilson, <laughs> Stanley Brown. Stanley Brown did uh, I Want to Sex You Up. 
That's a he's good a, song. He's, he also founded Love Fellowship Crusade Choir with Bishop Hezekiah Walker. My God. He <laughs> but he did I Want to Sex You Up, and he did some of those early guy records. But I um, think even within that, like I, and I've, uh, well, I, so we can probably name all day D'Angelo yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And Absolutely. Even D'Angelo kind of said that, you know, most, like you said, like to your point, most musicians that play for any artist are, are church musicians. Yeah. Because they have a certain level of one, um, and I heard even heard a white pastor say this black church musicians could play anything. Absolutely. Like anything. Like, yes, sir. Like, I'm talking about anything. You don't take a lot of rehearsals time. You can get it, no. get it, and hit it, hit it quick. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? And it comes to the idea also said black church musicians, um, they have the ability to 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 it be about the music and not about trying to be a star because you're so <clears throat> taught to be humble and yeah. and follow along and be able to you know, transition mm-hmm. if need be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm biased. I believe the best singers that that have ever walked the face of the earth came from church. The best musicians absolutely. came from church. Oh, absolutely. It's not even it's not even close. With the exception of Jasmine Sullivan and Brandy, those are the only two that are not from church. Because you got Fantasia from church. No, you got. She sang in church. You know, but she's not a church girl. She's not churchy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. then, but then you have Fantasia. You have Coco Gamble. You have from SWV. You got Little Mo, Faith Evans. Um, all of those those JB Fox grew up in a Baptist church. You know, like you got all those people that are mainstream that grew up in church. And I think it's something that that kind of speaks to, um, like the anointing that kind of transitions and transfer to whatever arena that these folks end up going into. Oh yeah. You got the gift dog. You got the gift, you know, it's it's there. Now, what do you, what do you use it for? You know, it's PJ Morton. PJ Morton. PJ Morton. They reach out to him (laughs) because they needed something. You know what I'm saying? Like that is, that is something that I think it just speaks volumes. I was through another church boy. Adam Blackstone was the connection to Adam Levine through PJ Morton. And so, Church kid to church kid. Hey, man, you want to do this gig? They're having this audition, but they, they want you to be a part of the band. What? Okay, cool. I just watched it on the R&B Money podcast. He told his story. So, I mean, and yeah. now PJ's doing music for the new Disney new Disney movie. Yeah, for uh, the Tiana Princess and the Frog, the, yeah. the ride yeah. at uh, Disney World. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I think gospel music, it to me, has his hands. It has his fingerprints on pretty much every facet of music. Um, put you on the spot before you wrap up here. Top five gospel artists of all time. Of all time, <laughs> your favorite. Gosh, like, it your, your your favorite. It don't have to be the you know your favorite of all time. Choirs, Top like five. what are we doing? Like are we doing choirs? Are we doing art? Single artists? <laughs> that might everything. be tough to go to. Everything. Just do it everything. All. Oh everything. Jesus! You asked somebody else this question before? Or, oh, this is the gospel episode. I got it now. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, um, no specific order. Ty Tribbett. Um, okay. just because I was okay. part of that 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 movement. Um, um, the Clark Sisters mm-hmm. as a group, can't, can't, as a whole, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with Clark Sisters. Um, Super group. Love Fellowship, Hezekiah Walker. Just to, because I'm from that area, area in area. Can't go wrong. Um, that, that's three. He gave me one of my first short solos. Not fly away. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I've got a home. I, I sang that thing in Memphis. You hear me? Yes, sir. A good 14 years old. That's a, that's what the kids say. About it's, it's a bop. <laughs> I'm thinking about flying away from Earth on 14. <laughs> <laughs> that just still goes were you, hard. Were you saved then, Josh? What'd you get saved? No, 16. Mm. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you wasn't gonna fly away, brother. You wasn't gonna yes, fly I was. Away. <laughs> um, I thought Basia was with my parents. <laughs> my... <laughs> <laughs> um my number four is Kimberell. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. what what okay. she did for gospel music, what she did for music in general. She's mm. every singer's favorite singer, you know. Let God I, be true yeah. quickly. Yeah, I, I saw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I fall. Um, I fall rich. <laughs> what <did> you say? <laughs> she got some of the best one-liners. You're right. Some of them, man. <laughs> My favorite one is for me. That's it's a no. It's a no for me. <laughs> she was on Sunday's best. Um, who else? Who else? I need one more. Who else do I love? Mary, Mary, mm. Mary, Mary for what they did. To, Ooh, Brian does not like the Atkins. Oh, I, <laughs> I, not I care for Mary Mary. I love them. I, I rock with Mary Mary because I rock with Warren. Um, mm, oh, yeah. Warren, yeah. That's my deeper love than, you know, for, for as a musician and a producer, the creativity that he has. Um, he made a sound and 20 years later, it's still relevant on every and album. That album, the sound? Yeah. But every album slaps. And Oof. like, you can, you can <clears throat> not like them as, you can not like their personality, but you can. You can't deny that they got slappers. And that so, particular album, yeah. the sound is. Yeah. Oof, I think, I, I, I'm the type of person is. I I can I'm I respect Mary Mary's contribution to music. I know their music is good. It's kind of like I had a whole thing about Drake. Yeah, I didn't listen to Drake. I wasn't a Drake fan, but I didn't discount the fact that you know he had great music and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I just didn't really listen to Drake. Now I love Drake. I actually yeah. go back and listen to all his music. Maybe yeah. I should do the same thing with Mary Mary. Maybe I should go back. <laughs> And just listen to album one until you know, now. Maybe I should do, do it. That that uh done the heaven. I wanna go heaven. Well, that's a good one. Yo, it's like a Kanye song. Uh, yo, um, the song with Kurt Franklin in the first album. Um, dang. It's just it's so many joints. Like they, go to Apple Music or Spotify and just type in their greatest hits, bro, the essentials. And go on a ride. Just do it in the car. You're gonna be like, yo, they got some heat. Um and then, of course, you you got the honorable mentions. You know, Fred is a legend, and like, um, but musically, Fred didn't speak to me as much. Um, I wasn't until I became a songwriter, and then I started listening to Fred more and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw another one. Let's go. Go choir. Choir. Go choir. Five um, best choirs. Uh, Love Fellowship Crusade Choir. Mm-hmm. Um, youthful praise, old youthful praise, because I was playing on those records. Um, on the originals, on the OG for praise. Okay, um, so do you like JJ Harrison singing? I played on those albums, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, safe answer. We, I mean, we were there for the whole transition from Jay singing and all that stuff. So that's a whole other podcast. Now, I mean, JJ made a lot of money off that singing, so God, God bless yeah. him. Yeah, and he has bread. good songs. Yeah. Great songs. It's the pen. Yeah. Yeah. You notice with Jay, he he keeps killers around him. He keeps dope singers around him because he knows he needs that that support. That's that's a praise album. uh, Praise to the Rock. That was the the Praise the Worship album. And then the one he did with. um, Yes. And then the one that uh, with. uh, What's the man's name? Jason Nelson. Oh, Holy Lamb. 
Oh, mm. yep, that was the same album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That make you want to. That cuss. was like it's that was so the, good. That was the third album. That's you a know? good one. That's a good one. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Okay, so um, what I say? Has Love Fellowship, uh-huh. um, YP, old YP, um, Ricky Dillard, absolutely. New New G, New G, New G, always slaps. Um, James Hall because oh. of what they their contribution, worship, old worship and praise. Oh. Not you know the first two albums, first two or three albums. They sing um, too. His, his writing, his arrangements, Melvin Crispell, all that stuff. Like I was there for all that stuff too. Mm. Um, what is that? Three? Um, no, that's four. With what? With love? I mean, with YP? I mean, uh, worship and praise. Uh, five. Sounds of praise. I don't know if y'all know this album. Um, Natalie Wilson and SOP. Oh yes, I remember that. So the first that. album literally changed my life. Uh, their musical approach with like creating me a clean heart and your house won't stand and. Uh, all glory and honor, all glory. Um, those records just really shaped my life. Um, yeah, that 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 album was super dope. So check that out. Natalie Wilson, SOP, Corral. Okay, I remember that. I remember. I ain't mad at it. Slap. Well, last, last, put you on the spot. One gospel album, no, gospel album, rest of your life. What is it? Kim Burrell, Everlasting Life. That's a choice. That is a choice. You don't like Kim, Josh? I like her on other people's music. <clears throat> that album is so great. You you don't even have to skip a song on that album. I'm I, sorry. I, I know because I don't play the album. Okay. <laughs> I, Kim is a talent. She's great, but I I she's one of those artists for me that like when she's on somebody else's stuff, she she slaps. I can't get into her music. No, I get that. I get that yeah. because a lot of people are better on other people's records, but that album yeah. that is her best album to date. Is that the one that um? I come to you more than I give. Yes. Okay. Well, then I, that's one. <laughs> Gotta keep holding on. That's Gotta one. keep holding on. I know that one. Yep. That might, a, well, okay. That, that might that might have a couple of bankers well, on well, it. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Okay, I know that one. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's three. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I mean, how many singles do, does it equate to being a, a hit album? You know, we, we it's like twelve. That's the album gets got like twelve songs on it. Ten, twelve. Prodigal Son. Oh man, that's where you lost me. Oh, you don't like that one? <laughs> okay, all right. Yep. All right. I love Kim though. Nah. Vocally, that album, no skips, straight through for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All Brian, right. what are your top five choirs? I know well, we John choirs. and New Life is on there. Yeah. What'd you say? I know. I'm saying I know John oh. Key and New Life is on there for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, it's like Dylan, 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 John Piki, John Piki, John Piki, John Piki, John Piki. I'm like, going to see them on the 25th in August. Where? August 25th, they come here. Really? Yeah, John Key, Clark Sisters, and or John Key, Dorinda, and Donnie. Lord, yeah. I want to, what, what is that? August 25th, they come into Atlanta. Lauren might want to go to that. She loves her from Donnie McClarkin. Are you going to stay with John, John Piki? It's all a five Saturday five. Five. <laughs> uh, right here in Mableton, on my side of town. Oh, that's my hood too. Yeah, Mabel um, House Barnes Amphitheater. I'm gonna go check that. Out. I'm gonna check that out. Send me, uh, text me the uh, information on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. To John that. Key, Dorinda, and Donnie, and Kevin Lemons Choir. You know how I love about my Dorinda Clark Cole. Yeah, uh, she's my choirs. favorite female gospel vocalist. She's incredible. Yeah, I love me some Dorinda Clark Cole. She's incredible. <laughs> I do the rose of gospel. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what that means, but she has it. <laughs> it. Whatever it is, she has it. She has, she has it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, John P. Key, 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go based off of like songs that I really love. Okay, the choir who sings them. Okay, um, uh, John Picky, of course, Donna McCarkin, I Am God is like my one of my all time favorite songs. That's Donald Lawrence, Lawrence, actually. Donald Lawrence, Lawrence. sorry. I am. What did I say? (laughs) You said Donald McClurkin. Donald McClurkin, you said Donald Lawrence. Uh, I am God. Um, Your your guy, which, bang, Milton Brunson. (laughs) You know he's number one on my list. Go ahead. But quiet. Timothy Wright. Mm. Can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong with Timothy Wright. What did I, how many did I say so far? See, you should have sent me these questions so I could prepare, man. I you got me going off, oh, no. off the top of the head. I can't remember everything. Uh, Ty Tribute GA. Can't go yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and I got one more. Let me see if I can figure out. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go new school. Vincent Bohannon. Vincent Bohannon sings. They sing. <laughs> they, they go. Our list is similar, Brian. I'm gonna go first. Mm-hmm. Um John P. Key, of course, Donald Lawrence. Um, Walter Hawkins and Love Fellowship. Just, oh, good one. Those are my people. Classic. Um, and then it's always a toss up between like um, Hezzy and like Ricky. D- like depending on the day, those mm-hmm. can be interchanged with me for that fifth spot. But I love choir music because yeah. you into my home church today. It's an old school culture church. They still sing. That choir sings two pieces, sometimes three pieces wow. every Sunday. Yeah. Um, they have choir. Don't even have a praise team. They still do praise mm-hmm. testimony service. That's how oh, old oh. school my my home yes, sir. Church, wow. Yeah. Um, so choir is very was very much so a part of all of my even in, like even through college and stuff. So quiet, but Milton Bronson, man, it's something about we sang a lot of his songs growing mm-hmm. up. So they resonate with me in a in a really, really special way. And I would even go, um, honorable mention for me, Maddie Moss and the, yeah. the, the Southwest um Michigan State Choir. Like, cause like Iris Stevenson arranged a lot of those songs. Absolutely. Um, so like that, so that's why I had a big appreciation for her during her tenure as president. Um, she was she was she was a choir master and she sat under um Maddie like that and just you know the production on that stuff wasn't that great, but those songs no. were amazing. Um so did y'all know that um Sister Act Two story was based on her life, supposedly? I, was, I heard that yeah. about it. Yeah. I heard that. That's what I heard. How, is that true, true? Mm-hmm. Or is it just I don't know. I mean I, 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 that's what I've I've been running with for the last 20 years. Well, I know she she was big on the, the Crenshaw community choir, so she was big yeah. on community choirs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually had her do the arrangement for Sister Act and all that kind of stuff too. So, mm-hmm. um, Church of God in Christ. Shout out she to was her. a she's Shout a out. choir master. Absolutely, yes. Well, she's a doubt. All right, choir master. <clears throat> yeah. Before we wrap up, favorite era of gospel music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say it's the 2000s because I was a part of it, and mm-hmm. I think the choirs were heavy on the East Coast. Um. Every weekend we were going to somebody's choir anniversary or or a concert. It was something always going on. I love um, choir day. I mean, Ty, it, it was Ty Tribbett. It was Hez. It was Timothy Wright. Um, it was Youthful Praise. It was uh, For Memorial in Philly. It was uh, Trini Massey in Pittsburgh. It was, uh, and then we got to go on the road. Then we go to open up for Donna Lawrence. And so I'm 22 years old, you know, playing at these major concerts. So I think. Yeah, the the two thousands, the early two thousands was killing for me. That was a good time. That's a good era. That was a good era. I yeah, usually the intro, go, I usually, the intro of Ty, like the introduction of Ty, like all the anticipation standing up waiting, and then they come out with no way. Or like it was, it was crazy. And, and I will, Ty needs to get his flowers because I think he was the in lack of a better words, Josh. I ain't talking about the bridge, but the the bridge between like nineties gospel 
mm-hmm. in like 2000s and keeping us involved in church and really finding mm-hmm. something that was churchy that wasn't like our parents' music. Because yeah. so, truth be told, like the Clark sisters and John Piquet and Fred on, it was really like my mom's music. Yeah. But like Ty was, yeah. his first he album was, from was a gen- little more, the first album was a little more, more like urban-ish, but that like victory joint oh, yeah, he was took off. like, <clears throat> was churchy. But it was like cool. Like niggas wanted to be in G. I wanted to be in GA. Like, yeah. He made like he made it cool. Like to yeah. be a yeah. church boy and want to sing in the choir and all that kind of stuff. So shout and out to And he gave us our man. new youth day outfits. We was all wearing ties and sweater <laughs> vests and, and all like the stuff. Went, yeah. And and I think the other thing about Ty too is that yes. I think the other thing about Ty too is that like it, different from Kurt Franklin, that his stuff was still was able to still be sang in church. Yeah, yeah. Because like, Ty's a we church boy, right? We want to sing that new, the new like after Stump, and ma- yeah. maybe a little bit off Rebirth, but outside of that album from Kirk, we want singing under Kirk stuff in church. We can nah. still sing Ty stuff in church. So because I think to your point, Brian, he gave us music that we could relate to, but Absolutely. still, but still have on Youth Day and all that other kind of stuff. So yeah, Ty, Ty definitely deserves his flowers for sure. Yeah, Ty, he's definitely the man. Definitely, he went through yeah. a lot though. He went through a lot kick, being kicked out of churches, you know, because their radical style of worship was not appreciated. And I was in the church. He's standing on communion tables. He's jumping off the balcony. Like he's literally doing crazy, <laughs> hanging off the balcony, literally, like, you know, doing crazy stuff. He, they holding a note. He runs down, goes upstairs to the balcony. He still directed them. He steps over the balcony, one foot over. Like he's doing crazy stuff. And it wasn't um, always received. Um, I can imagine. But, I'd have been yeah. like, sit down, flesh. <laughs> flesh, sit down. <laughs> I'd have been judging too. Yeah. And you know, they, <laughs> like, they're doing remixes and, a lot of secular music, a lot of um, what they call them, mashups now, you know, with Up Jumps mm-hmm. the Boogie and Timberland and Magoo stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you know, they would put all that stuff into the music to bring the young people in. But um, they went through a lot, but he he held his ground and um, look where he is now. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Ty Trevor. Anything shout else you're talking about? Shout out Ty. No, man. I would love to hear your top five gospel overall, bro. I don't think I've ever heard that from you. My gospel overall? Yeah, you're Brian. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> recording. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, John P. Key. Okay. Um, I really like during the car call. Mm, when I look back over my life, and I see all the things. Alex Wood. Um, Smokey. My passenger. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. I love Smokey Norfolk. Um, Have you been to his church yet? I'm a member of his church. Oh, nice. That's mm-hmm. dope. It's solid. I gotta yeah. come visit here. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a sneak, I'm, a sneak I'm a new member. We like three, 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 three weeks in. Oh, I'm going to sneak over there a couple Sundays just to see how it goes. It's closer to my house than my current church. Um, uh, <laughs> and, they, and they heard they sing well over there. <laughs> um, what else did I say? Um, you don't have to edit that out. Uh, I say, I'm going to say Fred Hammond. Okay. Uh, and one more. I really like Jonathan McReynolds. Mm, okay. Even though I, I don't like his, some of the stuff he says about like, you know, transitioning and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like Jonathan McReynolds. Yep. Okay. Ten uh, minutes. And, and that, list, that list. list can change every day. Every day. Yeah, of course. It's where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, let's it, go on really? over to, uh, we have one more segment. If you can't chip, thank you very much for sticking around for the living room. We have one more segment. Would you want to stick around for us? Sure. Got you. All right. Thank you. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Uh, you couldn't do it.
you could never ever bring me down couldn't do it then couldn't all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking around. Thank you again, Chip, for staying in the living room. Now we're going to be talking yes, about uh, this next segment called Pockets of Joy, which makes sense because he has a podcast called In the Pocket. So hopefully he knows something about pockets, right? Uh, <laughs> so for those that don't know, I haven't listened to the show before. This is the segment of the show. We talk about things we're doing intentionally yes. to bring us joy or we're currently doing. It can be a regiment or something we plan on doing in the future to bring us joy. So, Chip, what is something uh, you plan on doing or you're currently doing that brings you joy you used to do get joy intentionally uh intentionally i just told my wife we want to be better givers um of our time of our money just how praying that god bless us so that we can bless others so whether that be in service whether that be in uh in 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 tangible things um donating our time uh we want to just be in a place where we can help others and so um, making a more conscious effort to to give more to others that need it, whether it be advice, whether it be financially, whether it be uh, you know, consulting consultations or anything like that in business, or just spreading the word of of Jesus, you know, whatever I can do to help. So I think just being more more open to giving, and that's where I'm at right now. What's mm. up, Josh? Nice. So I'm going to go back to something. So I was just in LA for work, but this particular trip, I also made it intentional to connect with people out there. And enjoy the city. Um, so I got invited to Janelle Monae's listening party. Um, and, and it was <laughs> how did how whoa, I just thought about it. How did it, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so, so was it everything I dreamed oh. of, Josh? So it was it was the age of pleasure. Um, but not in a but not in a like wow, like NDA signing type of way. It was, but it was it was very well put together. Um, it was actually tastefully done. I'll say it that way. Uh, and I'm not saying that for the podcast. It really was. Now, I mean, she has some elements that, depending on who you are and your stance, could be considered whoa. Um, <laughs> but like, it was, it was cool. And I like, I like Janelle Monae, but I've never like fully like engrossed myself in her music in that way. So, and it was my first like official listening party. They played the album three times. That was a lot. Um, but it was, it was, it's solid. It was solid. She's a woman of the people. She was out there. I actually caught a, a quick dance with Janelle. Um, so it was, it was, it was dope. It was a great event. Um, I don't know that I could live that LA life all the time, but mm-hmm. I, but that but that was intentional. Being around a bunch of creatives, um, yeah. music, um, just the vibe, and the vibes were great. Like that was the other thing too. I, and then there were celebrities there, but nobody was on that. Like, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I think yeah. like Janelle's people was they was they was there celebrating. It was like a true celebration. She had like you no know, roped off sections. Like it was it was super super dope. So I say that to say, going for the rest of the summer, I want to find myself intentionally just being in spaces where. Um, we're existing, we're being, we're living, right? Um, and enjoying mm-hmm. life in such a way. Um, yeah. So that was that was good for me. Brian? Uh and I got some, I got some videos I could share that might not be as appropriate for. Um, oh, yes, and you those. know. At least you didn't have to check your phone at the door. I no, it wasn't none of that. It wasn't those situations. Not the well, nail. Stacy can't go. Stacey can't go. <laughs> she didn't go that crazy. She didn't that go there in the party. <laughs> check my phone at the door? Oh, it's gonna be debauchery. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah, baby, Sodom and Gomorrah. I'll sign the NDA. What what are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? I want that. The only thing is, it was a list to get in, but that was about as deep as it got. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I told you I'm back in the gym. I played some basketball. I'm gonna give a a quick testimony. I'm down ten pounds. My God, that's good. I'm laying aside every weight, right? (laughs) Uh, And God is good. 
So I'm, I've been playing basketball. I, I stumbled across they have like uh, 6 a.m. basketball games at the YMCA by my house. So nice. uh, that's dope. So I'm probably doing 6 a.m. basketball going forward. You know, the Lord say the same. So that's dope. That brings me joy, that, Brian. I need that in my life. Or got to unbig these backs. Got to you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> got to unbig these backs. What, 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 what did that chef say? Big backs still get bent over. So. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all take that how y'all will. Um, sure. Tell us how the people, like some things you got going on or how the people can connect and follow you and your podcast. Uh, yeah. My podcast is In the Pocket with Chip G. It's on YouTube. Um, in the Pocket Podcast on YouTube. On Facebook, it is uh, In the Pocket Podcast. Um, on Instagram, is 203ChipG. Um, I did YouTube already, right? In the Pocket Podcast on YouTube. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I am a chief operating officer of my wife's company, Bridge Parker, um, where she has a luxury handbag company. She uh, makes all handbag. I think you guys featured her before. We did. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for that. That was so dope. Um, so yeah, bridgeparker.com, handmade leather goods and uh, support black business if you if you have a moment. Always. But uh, other yeah. than that, um, I'm a musician, songwriter, uh, creative, just love creating and uh, just check me out. You know, on a journey to try to touch some people's lives and make make a change. That's what's up. Make a change in, yeah, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick story. What, what did the writer say? <laughs> so, we was at church ship. Yeah. And our pastor invited the late, great Duranis Pace. Yes. Mm, to, to, to speak. Yeah. And she's, you know, she finished her message. And, you know, that was that was a message. And she got Gosh. to her altar appeal. And the woman of God said, I got a song. <laughs> and she pulled out a notebook. We think it may be something she had written. Yeah. The Lord dropped in her spirit. The Lord dropped in her spirit. And she started singing his, um, Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. <laughs> Whoa. And she turned and think, if you want to make the world a better place, if you want to make the world a better place. We was like, okay. Oh. Okay. That's where we, we at. We went with it, though. We went, we went with, it. with it. We went with it. No one. <laughs> Came to the altar. However, <laughs> that moment was <laughs> go, go, go down history. It's one of the best moments of church. It's just, no, that's yeah. amazing. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Yeah. God, God rest us. I just love me some Durant. Yeah. Man. She was a living viral moment. But singer, yes. though. Like, yeah. oh. Killer. Absolutely. Singer. Actually, Killer. unpopular opinion for me, either way. I enjoyed Durant. It's over. Vocally. Over LaShawn. I can understand that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. LaShawn was for records, but Dur- yeah. I mean, Durant and, and LaShawn was a singer, but Duran yeah. is, man, she just, she, she, was it she had it. Yeah. yeah. It did something to me. Yeah. I, I know we'll get stuck on gospel music again. Yeah, I would say shout out to Pacers because they don't they don't get a lot of credit. They Already done, done. Yeah, they yeah. don't get as much credit as they yeah. I'm they glad do. they had those viral moments. I hope they can collect on that um, mm-hmm. in some way, mm-hmm. you know, because they definitely mm-hmm. went crazy on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring back the one where she said that she had shots in her vagina every three weeks. Prime. Oh. <laughs> Prime. That, that, that too too soon? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't know we was, I didn't know he was going there. Wow. I remember that testimony. I remember <laughs> that YouTube clip. Syph- syphilis three. Jesus. Bring, bring that back. <laughs> He's better than the three hour orgasm. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like it's things she didn't say. I will right. at least you're not putting words in the woman's mouth. She did say it. It was her. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, 
on that note, are you ready to move on to our listener letter? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, oh. let's go. All right. All right, good people. We are here at the post office box, and Rodney Jenkins did what he always does, and it's bring us our letter on time. But before we get into it, we want to let you know that you too can be featured on the Jigsaw by writing in to askthejigsaw at gmail.com. That is A S K, the Jigsaw at gmail.com. We're going to do a few things. We're going to read your letter out loud if we like it. We're going to then give you a pseudonym. We respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can receive right here on Cicely Tyson's Internet. So, Brian, with that being said, who do we have and what do they want? All right. Pronouns. Mm -hmm. He. Him. Um, Let's do Clarence Jenkins. Clarence Jenkins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sturdy black name. Uh, oh, without a doubt. That's, that's, <laughs> and, and ain't falling. <laughs> that's a foundational black name. <laughs> ain't it? That's a tree root. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Clarence. Clarence and Jenkins. Woo. Yeah. That nigga's hands are so heavy. <laughs> Callous. His hands are full of calluses. Full of calluses. He got big knuckles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Ain't sat, yeah. ain't sat behind a desk a day in his life. Just he fix your carburetor and grill your steak at the same time. <laughs> and both are amazing. <laughs> amazing. Call gonna run like brand new. <laughs> Cigarette just hanging off of his mouth. Just Listen, just that man that man owns two pair of shoes, a daytime <laughs> shoe and a church shoe. That is it. <laughs> In a daytime shoe, a steel toe boot. <laughs> that's it, because he wears suspenders with everything. He owned the belt in twenty years. It's suspenders, <laughs> everything. That's right, Clarence. Uh, Clarence, Clarence drinking. <laughs> Clarence writes. Uh, what's going on, fellas? I have a not safe for work question. My God. Okay. Well, let's let's let's, let's put the disclaimer <laughs> out there. If you are one of our parents and you don't, you know, or you are an older person who doesn't really like the things, this is your time. To turn to, it off. to just turn it off, fast forward. Yep. This is a great conversation. Because, you can press it three, four, five times and it'll go right on. Yes. Because <laughs> not safe for work means basically it, it might get some a little a little freaky. All right. So My God. uh here goes. Uh I know both of you hold on. Let's read this right. Okay. I know you both have talked parents, etc. Listening to oh okay. I will you know okay. Both, uh, I know both of you have parents listening, so I decide to read my letter. If you just, if you decide to read my, I'm gonna go back. I'm tripping. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know both. I know both of you have parents uh, who may be listening. Uh, so if you decide to read my letter, this might be time for them to cut off or fast forward through it. So you already read no. mine. You know yep, the show. We just said it. Yep. All right. Uh, my fiance and I have talked about ways to spice of our sex life. Okay. We are currently practicing celibacy <laughs> until our wedding day, but our premarital therapist advised us to talk through sex expectations now so that we can be on the same page after the ceremony. We both agreed that we did not want a boring sex life and listed things we wanted to try. Some of the mm-hmm. obvious things were toys, flavored lubes, videos. However, we both listed having our butts ate. <laughs> 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, I've never done it for her, and she has never even thought about it for me. 
However, I'm down to do it. Needless to say, she was taken aback a little. I know it's a growing trend among heterosexual couples, and my mind even goes back to Tank to the Tank interview with the Breakfast Club. You two don't have to put your business out there, but generally, how would you approach this conversation with your wife? And something you if it's how would you approach conversation with the wife about something you desire, but she isn't quite into and probably won't get into. Look to hear from you soon, Clarence. <laughs> Jenkins. Oh, Clarence. That's, That's funny. Oh, Clarence. That's, uh, wow. uh, Cl- Clarence Jenkins. Is a Clarence Jenkins really eating butt, though? Not a Clarence Jenkins. But, Not a Clarence Jenkins. But for this conversation, he is. Let's assume he's a Clarence the third because right. he, he yeah. is. Um, wow. Brian, you want to go? Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, first okay, and foremost, I would it. say I would commend you on, on having these open conversation discussions prior to marriage. Um, yep. That is a big, big, big deal. Oftentimes, especially, you know, I'm going to say uh, church folks, uh, you know, marriage or sex is kind of talked about as far as in terms of being wrong, 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 wrong. So then when mm-hmm. you get married and then your sex life is a little off because you just haven't been doing the things right. Um, it's great that y'all are, you know, having this conversation. Like I said earlier, uh, regarding getting the butts eight, that is not my domain. I would not ever shame anyone who wants to give or receive. Um, uh, there is a song that's out there right now that I, I, I'm thinking about, but it was funny. Uh, where it's like uh, something he ate my butt, or I, 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 have play, I have to play, I have to find it and play it. But um, oh, I, thought you were thinking about I, I feel like song. if it's something that, what'd you say? What'd Let's you think about another song. Okay. She says, um, the rapper talk, says, a- her, um, her pussy pink, my booty hole brown. And, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the songs I'm thinking about. That's the one. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought so. Go ahead. And there's another one. There's another one I'm thinking about too. Um, but basically, okay. So I think. The, so let me get back on track. So uh, I think it's great that y'all having the conversations uh, prior to marriage. Because um, then going into marriage, y'all can say we've had this conversation, and you say yeah. prior to marriage that you would be willing to do these things. You're open to these things, right? So you're having that conversation, setting expectations mm-hmm. prior to getting into the marriage, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and asking her if she's willing to do that is, yep. is is great. Um, because again, you're putting your needs or desires and wants out there. Oftentimes, men yeah. and women get in relationships when we hold our desires back for fear of mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. somebody saying like, "Oh, you want that gun? You know that done? Blah 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 blah. You know, uh, or shame <laughs> or guilt or whatever you may call it. Um, sure, sure. So. I know it's a growing trend. People do it, you know, So and people have been doing it for years. It's not like something that's brand new. Niggas been eating booty. They used to call it tossing salad back in the day. That's what they used to call it. Right. So you you request it, you receive it, you enjoy it, brother. And, uh, there, you know, there's no, it should be no shame in your game. So I'm going to answer your question this way. Um, I think I agree with Brian. Mm-hmm. I think whoever your premarital therapist or counselor is, he or she is amazing. He, she, or them mm-hmm. are amazing. Um, because, as Brian said, specifically with church kids, but just even with like engaged couples in general, I don't know that I've heard a lot of them talk about setting sex expectations before marriage. And I think that is an amazing conversation to have because, you know, you may, even if it's just frequency of sex, right, um, those things can be off. In terms of what mm-hmm. you want, what she wants, and then when you get children in the mix, that just kind of naturally changes things. And, 
mm-hmm. as you get busier with jobs and or school or whatever. So I think having these conversations, kind of talking about hypothetical scenarios and things like that, is super healthy. It may seem uncomfortable um, in the beginning, but I think it's worth it. Your specific question was, how do you approach your wife? About doing something. I didn't answer that question. That she don't. No, 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 you're fine. About doing something that you want to be done that she don't want to do. I think you just ask, right? And her no, I think if you're being honest and open, I think deserves an answer. A why, Mm -hmm. right? And the reason why I think that is because if this is something you really want to try, and I I want y'all to hear me clear. This is not me saying this is an excuse for you to go get it done by somebody else. Right. But if this is something that you've identified that you really, really want, and she's like, like super against it, then that is something you all need to explore to figure out in what ways can you be pleased since mm-hmm. she's not willing to do that. So whether that means is there another I don't, is there a toy that you can use? Is there something that can be done? Like, I don't know. Right. But I think you need to figure out the range of options that exist for you because if you want it now, you're going to want it later. And her saying no, here's the real thing. Her saying no isn't going to change your desire. So, I, and I don't want you to also have resentment that you are open and willing and um, just super accepting to do what she wants and you're not getting, you know, maybe the one thing that you want that's just kind of out mm. there. I don't think that yep. that's fair without explanation. You can't make her do anything, mm-hmm. but y'all can come to some kind of agreement around what it means for you to get pleased in a specific way. Right. In addition to that, I am 100% for booty eating. On both sides, <laughs> so uh, I hope that you get. I hope that you you get what you need, brother. Um, you just make sure that you're good and clean for them, because what you don't want for her to be down, and you are unprepared. Okay, all right. So you right. take that out of will, but you sp- listen. Okay, okay. I'm the song. All right. We already said not safe for works. So we're already out here now. We are already out here now, and I, and I kept that very <laughs> PG for y'all. I kept that very PG for you all. But this song is not PG. Song is not PG. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, listen. Walk in your truth, sis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Walk in your truth. That's hilarious. That is. I have never actually heard that. That's hilarious. Um, That's eating yeah, by Suki. That is. Yeah. Yep. I don't listen to Suki nobody. But that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> but but here's the other piece though. Like for real, for real. Here's the other piece. Like y'all didn't even got to share that y'all do that. So <laughs> right. if that's part of if that's part of the shame, you don't have to share. Like you gotta tell your homeboys that, you know, because she clearly isn't comfortable. So I think there's many right. ways you can approach it. But like, you know, I, I, but I wouldn't even care though. If you was like if if one of my friends that's was like, oh, thing. I, I, I wouldn't butt. care. I'd be like, I don't care. Like Yeah. And if one and one of my friends was like I'd be getting my butt eight, I don't care about that either. I might laugh. <laughs> but I ain't gonna care. 
I'm not. You know, I'll, I'll be like, did you told your toast girl? Like, I, I, I probably it'll be a, it'll be a joke, but it wouldn't be like on some ridicule. Like, yeah. Stuff, you know? But I feel like if that's something you want, like you also gotta be confident in that too, because you, if, if yeah. you reflect back through the years, giving head was something that neither men nor women wanted, oh. especially black men and women did not want oh, to admit yeah, nah. they did. And now he, every he, song, he not like. Women rappers are talking about how good they suck a dick. Niggas are talking about how they gonna lick you up and down and you know mm-hmm. flip you flip their tongue all up in you. Like so, like times have changed. And you give booty eating another. I think the only reason why this one's gonna take a little bit longer to catch on to, because it's a butt, right? Yeah. And it's you know, yeah. and, and you're dookie, right? It's just it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's different, right? But so I think that it is just the the mental exercise. To mm. kind of get over that, but the fact that more and more people are doing it open, there's a whole song, right? Brian just played uh, about it, <laughs> and then and then you got people like Tank, right, who was on the oh, yeah. club and was like, "I wasn't really into it, but this older woman wanted to do it." And I was like, "Bet," and he was like, "Changed his life, right?" So, you know, I said, "You give it another five to ten years, this is going to be very, it's going to be even more socially acceptable than it is now." Yeah. Um, especially amongst heterosexual couples, I'll say it that way. But yeah, yeah brother, I hope we help. You know, but Hopefully. ultimately, ultimately had that conversation and explore the reasons why. And then if it's still a hard no, then explore what kind of alternatives you can seek to get the butt pleasure that you desire. Yeah, and <laughs> the Bible says the bedroom is under fire. Right. Isn't that what the scripture says? Yeah, that's what yeah. it says. So you can get as and, nasty as you want. And if we're gonna go biologically. The male G spot is right on up there. So that's true. You're gonna access another level of pleasure. <laughs> All right, great <laughs> <the> conversation. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, let's get into it. <laughs> let me talk. Let me talk. All right, Puzzle Pieces, thank you for sticking around uh, for the greater conversation or greater conversation. This is the part of the episode where we get some things off of our chests. Yeah. I say it all the time. Tomorrow's not promised. Cuss them out today. Uh, so, Josh, is there something you want to get off your chest? Yeah, Chica. You were oh. on a plane. Yes. Ooh, girl. Recently. And, um, you know, you had some pretty derogatory and damaging things to say. About people mm-hmm. and their children, and I and, and I get it. I was on a plane, not this last trip, maybe a trip before last. And there was a baby who started crying maybe thirty minutes into the flight, so it was kind of a shock to us all because that baby was quiet and did mm. not stop crying the entire remaining three hours <laughs> of that flight. Um, but I have empathy. Why I have two children, even if I didn't have two children, I also recognize the challenge that comes with traveling with children, even in a car. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes road trips aren't feasible. Like, for example, I just went to California. Now, while this was a work trip, imagine if it was a family trip. Mm-hmm. Who driving to California? Right. Not I. Oh, right. Not a chance. And not that a flight, chance. that and that flight is a little unforgiving too. That is almost fine. Out. That's flight. My flight was four hours and 49 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm not driving 24 hours to get to anywhere, right? I don't even drive, I don't want to drive over six hours to get to anywhere. Mm-hmm. But so regardless, traveling with children is a thing. So I'm tr- I get that you were frustrated, but you also booked a ticket on a very public means of transportation. And regardless of how much money that you think that you've earned, there are people who are not in the industry, right? Who got mm-hmm. just as much money or more money than you who can afford mm-hmm. business class and first class seats. Business class and first class does not absolve you from problems. It gives you a slightly more comfort. That is all. 
That is literally all. Mm-hmm. Because if I had the type of money that I wish I had, me and my kids, my kids are of a certain age, they're not going to cry. But we all going to be in first class. It's just what it would be, right? Why not? And ain't no, ain't nobody going to stop me from spending their money on my, because they're children. It's my money and, it's, and I want to you know, be able to travel a certain type of way. That parent was able, and I think it was a nanny actually who had the child. And that child got uncomfortable for whatever reason and cried. But you went and called the baby a bee. You called the mama a heinous wench. You said that she was a whore and now she, you know, bringing her prostitution trophies, a.k.a. the child on the plane. You said some damaging. Mm. And I mean, mm. you said some terrible. And then proceeded to go on Twitter and to continue to justify the things you said. It said you needed to get it out, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Even if you needed to get it out, that's something I'm sending to the group text. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even a group text. Maybe one person. Because what? Because you yeah. that came to my group text. I would be like, brother, are you okay? <laughs> like, right. what did you just say? Right? You need a trusted person that understands your your line, your level of thinking. And I understand that Chica deals with mental, you know, illness, you know, mental health issues too. And maybe you could have been having an episode, right, or an effect of that. I, I don't want to demean mental health. I don't want to excuse your actions either. But right. whatever it is, I don't think that Twitter was the place for it. Nope. Um, and then I, the fact that you kind of doubled down in it was even a little bit more kind of saddening and shocking as well. And I don't know that I want to go off on you because part of me pities you in a way yeah. because that was just it was just terrible. It was and I don't ter- think it was, ter- it, was ter- it was terrible beyond terrible. I've been on plenty of planes. Where I've been irritated by a myriad of things on my way to California, Brian. Mm-hmm. A middle-aged white woman pulled a whole charcuterie board out of her bag, set it up <laughs> on the tray table, and began like she had fruits and cheeses and meats and set that thing up on that tray table like a little charcuterie board. And I wanted to tell her, if you don't be still and sit down, like what are you doing? Why are you putting out all this fruit and cheese and meat? What are you going through right here? <laughs> but I also understand, like, as much as I pay for that flight or whatever, it is, I don't think y'all understand. We talk about, you know, we joke about trains and buses. But planes is really just air public transportation mm-hmm. that you pretty much play, p- pay a premium to ride. That's yeah. really all. It is a form of public transportation that has a, a, a cost barrier associated with it. It's not as yep. easily accessible as planes and trains, right? So yep. when I think about it that way, I get a little less irritated because you never know who you're going to sit by. I do think that there mm-hmm. should be some you know, plane decorum, yeah. you know, some things that we should, some universal truths. Maybe we should all adhere to, but keep your shoes on. Keep your shoes on. Why the heck you standing up and you in the back and trying to run to the front like that kind of like you know that kind of stuff irritates me. Um, you know, don't be farting. You know, uh, the little stuff, little stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, you can't control what people do, specifically children. So you know, yeah. I know that Chica has apologies. I know that people are you know really throwing her under the bus, but. You know, I just, I, I, that was, I don't really know what to, I don't really know what to say other than like I was, inc- and I'm not the hugest Chica fan. I like some of her music, but mm-hmm. I was incredibly disappointed in her response. Yeah. And um, yeah. if she do got something going on, I really hope she gets the help she needs because that was just terrible. It was terrible, man. Yeah. It, it Go ahead. Yep. Uh, well said. Um, another person, I'm a, you know, I saw it online and, it just shows a disconnect with a previous generation and just people in general, right? So Martha Stewart went on Sister Tyson's internet, really on the TV, 
and basically said that there's no way that anybody can be productive, get maximum productivity um, by working three days in the office and two days at home. Okay. Basically, she said working remotely, I'm paraphrasing, just ain't it. You know, you don't get the level of productivity. You know, the United States will, will, will basically die if people are working remotely and we need to get up and go to work. Okay. So I've been mm. working remotely or let me see, I can say this at least hybrid since before the pandemic, I guess office sharing and things of that nature. So I haven't worked a hundred percent in the office probably since 2018, 2017. Um, the idea, let me go, let me go. Let me go light stuff and then we go back. Do we have more autonomy as a person that works from home? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right Definitely. now, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> right? Middle you know what I'm saying? Day. Middle of the day. Um, I can go to the gym if I need to. I can go to the grocery yeah. store if I need to. I can go pick up my child if she's sick during the day. All right? But on the flip side of that, my cell phone... I have two cell phones. I have a work phone and I have a personal phone. My work cell phone can go off at any point. My laptop can go off at any point. Those of us like Josh and I who travel for work, sometimes our days may start at 5 a.m. and may end at like 2 a.m., right? So for the, to, to suggest that just because somebody does not get dressed and go to an office does not mean we're doing or more or less work. Okay, I will let yeah. you know when I was working in an office, I did way less work working in an office than I did working from home. Say it again. I did way less work working in an office than I did working from home. Like I was in the office and I had my I had my office door and you could see through it. And I was just there, nigga. I I went through school I, doing. I did I did no homework at home. I did all my work, all my school work, literally in the office. Everything I did for ministry, preaching, all that kind of stuff, I did it at work. So it's not necessarily an issue of productivity. It's the fact that your work is your work. So my manager gives me a workload, and I am a skilled and an amazing employee, and I get all my work done within a certain period of time, and that's my workload. And then I may even get some other stuff that probably isn't my job, too. I crush that. It's not the fact that me being away from work or wherever it is, it's the fact that like what my productivity is my productivity regardless of what it is, Right. Um, so that whole idea of uh, working from home is is not work or not getting going to work, nigga. Me coming downstairs, getting on Zooms and phone calls and all that kind of stuff. That's going to work, my nigga. I just work in my house, right? There's there's plenty. I'm pretty sure you, this may have happened to you. you it's a Saturday. So you think about something, you send an email to somebody. That's working. Like there's moments where I'm literally on my phone working. In church, or 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 pretty much, we yeah. work. We're on call. A lot of remote folk. We have we have our, our outlook on our phones. We got Zoom on our phones. We have all this stuff on our phones, and we're literally working probably way more hours than somebody that just works nine to five, right? And, and I'm gonna use an example for, like for my wife, right? Even though she works at home sometimes, but for the most part, she works in an office eight to five. I'm gonna say eight to five. At five o'clock, she's done. No emails. No phone calls. That's it. Like she works from eight to five. She's going to work that 40 hours a week. Right. No nights, no weekends, no, none of that stuff. So they get the, the people that work in an office, get the ability to unplug. Right. On top of that, how many times, Josh, have you been in the office and somebody comes to your door and y'all just talking for about an hour, hour and a half? Yeah. Well, you get stuck and, in that break room. Like, 
you're stuck in a break room. And you go, oh, it's time for lunch. And you go to lunch, you go to lunch for an hour and a half. And they come back and you're like, oh, I'm going to do something else. Like, so the whole idea of, of, of not people that work remotely don't go to work, that, it's stupid. We, we literally work. It's beyond stupid, man. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and just to disconnect her, Elon Musk, all the people who feel that, you know, the thing I think that their driving fa- factor is that they're looking at economy in terms of people going. They feel like people going to the office, they're going to then support freaking nearby restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But no, that's, I'm, it's I mean, not. I will say this, but it's, I think that that's so irrational in the sense yeah. that when I was, yes, when I was working in an office, I went to Starbucks more. Mm-hmm. But that's because I didn't have the flexibility of autonomy to do what I wanted to do. Right. And what I mean by that is that, like Brian said, I'm at home, but I can also, if I'm not on, if I'm not in a presenting call, I'll just be honest with you. Different times I've been in Target, I'm on the meeting, I'm hearing all the updates. Yep. I don't, I don't have to speak. I'm very, and most of the times when I do that, I know 99% of the time I'm not going to get called on to speak. I'm in Target. And there have been other times where I've been like, hey, I'm going to accept this meeting, but this is during the time I pick up my son from school, so I'm going to take it from the car. Like, mm-hmm. and on the way to pick him up, I can get some Starbucks or I can get some, like, right. you know, so it's like, to one end, yeah, maybe, but I brought my lunch to work a lot. Right. Like, a lot. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. spend a whole lot of money in restaurants and stuff like that because that's, that's you know, because I don't, I didn't, I don't get paid enough to eat $30 lunches every single day. Right. That's a waste of, well, I, I probably do get paid enough. But it's a waste of money. Let me say it that way. It's not. Right. It's not. It's not smart. It's not feasibly, fiscally responsible. But then mm-hmm. Martha Stewart got the nerve though, because boo, like most of your job is in media. You show up to a studio, record for a couple of hours, and you're home. Yeah. You don't. You don't even do the. You know. I don't. You know, never hear me kick for Steve Harvey that often. But that nigga got like eighty jobs where he'd yes. be like in the studio going from place to place. At this point in your life, you got like one show, a couple of interviews, mm-hmm. and you riding high. And yeah. Even when you was at the height of your career, you had your show, your show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. and you probably license your name out to certain things. People may yeah. send you swatches or design ideas. Like you're not, girl. You ain't. You're not in. You're not in an office every day. You don't understand. You're not, that. On you're, top of that, like yes, the qu- quality of life and of having the autonomy. Even 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 though I may work more hours than the average person because I work remotely. Just the idea of the thought of autonomy is I can do yeah. my work when I want to do it, how I want to do it. To me, the work is going to get done regardless. Regardless. It's going to get done regardless. And here's the other thing. You talk about quality of life. Martha Stewart's quality of life also provides her the opportunity to 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 make her life easier, even if she did work crazy hours. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You know what the privilege it is to have cleaners and 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 and, and uh, I don't want to say maids and butlers, but like house yeah. cleaning and yes. chefs. And personal shoppers, and where you can literally just come home and look and watch TV and yes. sit. Like I gotta come home. I gotta have a home. Like after after I'm done working, and I won't be done because I'm gonna take my laptop to the football field. I gotta take my son to football practice from six to eight fifteen. Hello. And because I got a break to do that, I'm gonna be working on, and I'm going out of town, even though it's for work. There's stuff that I don't want to get too far behind. So what am I gonna be doing? Working. I got back from California at midnight Sunday, bro. Mm-hmm. After church and after I left y'all, I came home. Took me an hour and a half nap. And I jumped on my laptop because I know this week is going to be crazy. I don't want to be on further a Sunday. behind. On a Sunday. Weekend? Because I didn't want to be further behind. But Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, because, because I'm going out of town for work. But because when you're out of town, I'm at a conference, I won't be actually working. Like yeah. working, working. So I was like, let me knock out these few things 
so that at least that's on my plate. So when I come back on the 19th, well, technically, and the 19th is going into Juneteenth. So I come back on the 20th, right? Mm-hmm. And now I got a holiday in there, which I complained about. But now I got another hot that's going, and I'm a, I'm intentionally not working on Juneteenth, right? Of course not. So anyway, I just say I'll have to say, bro, like, I think people like Martha Elon Musk, you know, are not tapped into reality for real. No. And it's kind of unfortunate that they make these claims. And like, to your point, like my mom, when she worked from home, was like my dad just complained that she would work to like seven o'clock sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes you get in this groove too. It's, it's hard like to you're, unplug, man. And you're not, and you're kind of like not even conscious of the fact that you're still working. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, emails may come through, your team message may light up, and I don't, Bro. I hate notifications, so I have this really bad inclination, but an inclination nonetheless to check it. Yeah, and, and if it seems it, important, I might respond. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at all hours of the night, like it's it's so yeah, it's it's silly, it's stupid. She don't know what she's talking about. And the, the people that work remotely, we still go to work. We still are productive. Um, do we have autonomy? Can we do other things? Yes, but the the job gets done. Yes, yes, it gets done. Uh, all right, Brian, was that it? I think that's it. If that is it, then this concludes another episode of Jigsaw Podcast. We want to thank you as always for joining in, listening, and doing all the things to support us and love on us. And make us who we are. We could not do without you. So we really, really appreciate your support, your love, and your continued, continued engagement with us um, across all our networks. And yeah, Brian. Yeah, uh, continue to show, uh, follow us on all the social media platforms. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare, the Jigsaw Podcast. Uh, make sure if you have any questions, comments, concerns about the show, feel free to hit us up in our DM. Let us know uh, if you have any show ideas or anything like that, uh, continue to engage with our um, social media team. Shout out to Chris and Jasmine for all the great things that you do. Um, if you always email us, ask the jigsaw at gmail.com. Cookouts are happening at this moment. Uh, so if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to invite it, you know, the Costanico to a cook, cookout and the food is good, invite us. May not show up, but still invite us because, of course, we always want to be invited. Um, we're on every streaming platform. Give us a star five or nothing at all. Leave us a comment. Let us know how great we are because we are great. Um, last but not least, before we head out, Josh, let the people know what they need to do. Since this was a gossip episode, I'm gonna do it like this. <clears throat> Just mm-hmm. in case the Lord shall come, yes, before we get together again, I'll meet you. Meet you on the other shore. Amen. God bless y'all. See you next week. Peace.